Hello and welcome to Indiepocalypse Radio. It is once again the end of the month, which is once again anime music video night. My favorite night of the month now because I get to look up cool looking videos and I've talked about this before. I think they're like beautiful and earnest and it's a kind of a great art form. It's fan cams aren't the same. I'll argue that to the death. It's not just like you got to tell a story. This guy, I'm going to have one that's like actually telling a story. I think is a neat thing. But anyway, we've got a great show ahead of you. Oh, this is an Apocalypse Radio, though, by the way. Your number one home of unmarketable video games and tabletop games. A real, real misfit household of miscreant weirdos. Um, we've got a great show. We've got a new guest, some old returning faves, and more AMVs ahead. But first, let's get to our very first guest, who you may know. From issue 10 of Indie Pop with Asobi, it is Rinkaku of Team Solitude. Rinkaku, how you doing? I, uh, all is fine, thanks. What about you? <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm all pumped up. It's the middle of the day for me. I love doing these in the middle of the day. Well, here it's almost night, so I think it's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a bit late, but you know, it's a pleasure to be here, so it's okay. <laughs> It's a pleasure to have you here, as always, with Thank every you. guest. Except I i don't think I've ever ended a thing thinking, wow, what a displeasure to have that guest. I mean, <laughs> there's no saying you may may not be the first, but there's a first for everything. And I trust you not to be the first guest I have a displeasure with. Okay. <laughs> um, but anyway, sorry, I'm got to tone myself down. I'm going a little... So I got to ask mm-hmm. you, number one question, the most important question I need to ask every guest that appears on Indiepocalypse Radio, or most okay. of them that do. Um, how did you hear about Indiepocalypse? Uh, well, we have found it on itch.io when we were working on uh, Azubi, which was the uh, submission for issue 10. And... Uh, well, we were curious about the idea of um, zine. Is that how you pronounce it in English? Uh, I don't it's know. Zine. Think of it as being short zine. for magazine. Okay. okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, they're, they're like little magazines. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we were curious about this, uh, this idea, and we decided to, you know, just try and send uh, our game. And that's all. <laughs> And then, you know, as it turned out, it all worked out just fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, yes. I think you might have so. even been... I have, like, a, a, a running list of developers that... It's my, my massive to-playlist, which if you found yourself on my to-playlist, might I recommend submitting your game? But I think you might have <laughs> been... I think Team Solitude... Might have now. Is it is it solitude pronounced like solitude, or is there a little a little? Yeah, spice? yeah, th- okay. that's right. Yes. Okay. But with like better SEO because it's a unique spelling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, you have a team. Given that it's a team, mm-hmm. there, how many of there? How many of you are on the team? Uh, currently, there is five of us. Okay. So it's me. And uh, for um, uh, 2D artists. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, a, that's a lot of 2D artists. So just, yeah. <laughs> in that case, do you do like most of the yes. writing and the programming? Uh, yeah, I 
primarily work on the writing and programming, but some of the other members of the team also do some editing of the text or the story or, you know, give feedback and things like that. Uh, and I also, you know, manage all the social things of the team. Oh, yes, that that aspect, that that really fun aspect of... Yeah, exactly. Putting out a game. You, listen, you, the you best a, part of game development. You were doing a great job of it this week, doing better promo for the show than <laughs> I have. Well, I, I just had this idea of, you know... Um, Presenting a little bit of all the things we've done. Uh, after all, we have uh, almost reached the first anniversary of the team. Oh. So, well, well, we have surpassed it probably. Yeah. But, um, you know, in a month we'll, we will reach uh, the anniversary of our first release. So I thought, well, why not? And then <laughs> I just did. <laughs> it was very cool, honestly. Cause it's Thank you. I think I think game developers are pretty bad at like, you know, pushing away their old stuff if it doesn't become like mega hits and things like that and being like, well, mm -hmm. on to the next thing. But like, yeah, that that's true uh, for us, too. I mean, we don't really um, market anymore our older games. Uh, basically, we move on to the new ones, but. It's, you know, like uh, bands during a concert, you know, they play their old stuff, but yeah. also the new stuff. So when we have the occasion, we also uh, present the our old projects and, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's important to remember that your old stuff can still, can still in fact be good. I mean, honestly. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's still variable. I mean, we have made all these games a lot of time ago. But, uh, I mean, yeah, they're still valuable today, so why not talk about them a little more when we have the occasion to do so? Mm -hmm. Now, this is a thought I just had a moment ago. Um, mm -hmm. Have you considered, and I, I kind of say this to, like, every developer, have you considered making, like, a, using the very handy MM launcher that I use for Indiepocalypse and, like just putting all of the old ones together and me like, or like slowly adding salt, like team solitude library, which like, Oh, I play all of them out of this one. Uh, well, we have thought about a collection of our games, but it's a little bit complicated because, you know, um, uh, it's difficult to put together games made on, uh, on the engine we use. So oh, that no. is a thing. And, um, we still haven't really figured out how to do so. So maybe that will be a, a great idea, I think. Let yeah. Have I told you? About, let me let me tell you about a really helpful tool. Yeah. I will actually link this to you in the Discord properly because I think... Okay, thank you. Um, it's called MM, MM Launcher, made by a bunch of friends of, friends of the show, like mm -hmm. Ash and other friends of the show who's I'm like, what name do they go by online? I don't remember. There's some people, okay. people online have so many names, you know how it is. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, but it, it's made in Godot and it launches pretty much anything. So if you, okay. you're pretty old, just like launch your executables. Mm -hmm. And it's very easy. As someone like myself who um, has never used Godot, it's very easy okay. to use. Oh, great. I will, Take a look at it, and we'll we'll see how we can uh, make something with it. 
because it's just basically just a matter of like plugging in screenshots and then directing it like to your executable and putting them okay. all in one folder. Oh, okay. Okay. And then you can just like, hey, launch them all from there. I think it's very neat. And I think it's a cool thing for. Hmm, nice. Yeah, it's very helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Because especially okay. as like tools become more democratized, you get more people mm -hmm. who are getting into development who are like not good programmers, such as myself. Yeah, just like me. So I mean, <laughs> that's <laughs> perfect. <laughs> so when when someone tells me when, I, when I'm like, oh, it would be really when people suggested, oh, the apocalypse should have a launch. I'm like, that sounds like a literally impossible thing to make. <laughs> but then some people who are good at programming, they're like, oh no, it's actually very easy to make. And I was like, well, oh, thank great. you. Thank you for making mm -hmm. it. <laughs> but I guess I guess that's true of like any sort of skill, uh, you know, that seems impossible from the outside. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, when we started making our games, um, even the engine we use, which is RoomPy, yeah. uh, seemed something like a, an impossible quest. Yes. I mean, a, a single game seemed like. I don't know. I I want to do this project, but what do I do? Uh, how can I do it? So yeah, at the first step, it's uh, it's very difficult to approach even only the the idea of uh, succeed in making something. So yeah. Yeah, I had a very I had a very similar experience with Renpy, where it's like this seems too complicated for me but then also i i always want to do other weird things and renpy is built for very mm -hmm. good for doing the thing that it wants to do but if you want to do like some other stuff yeah something else it, it becomes difficult yes yes very difficult even only making a an original menu i mean a customized menu yeah it's really long and difficult and you just give up at some yeah. point <laughs> and i've and i i've got into like Accepting that I should probably buy tool sets where I can, and I bought like a bunch mm -hmm. of dialogue toolkits for Game Maker a while ago, for when okay. perhaps I might actually make a game once again. Mm -hmm. But um, speaking of making games, yes, you're making a game right now, aren't you? Uh, well, we are working on two actually. <laughs> oh, it is okay. I didn't know if it was two or if that was like yeah. an ampersand within the title. Uh, well, one is in a little bit of a hiatus uh, well it's uh, paused for some time yeah. um, because we had to work on a different project which was our latest release um, a sketchbook about her son okay. and now we are working for a small game jam well small but not so small yes uh, which is related to haunted ps1 and uh, yeah, we're gonna work on that one and then we will uh, get back to Homunculus Hotel, which has been our main project since October or November, which is also a, a sort of sequel to Azobi. So okay. it's connected to, <laughs> yeah. Building out a small, so you're building your own cinematic universe is what you're telling me. Yeah, exactly. Perfect, perfect. I got to follow all the characters through the different streaming platforms in order to find them all. Exactly, yes. The only way. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Well, in a way, all of our games are connected. Yeah. So 
In, yeah. yes. <laughs> There's this. In the way that an artist creating something tends to have a through line to their work, no matter what they're mm -hmm. making. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fun to, uh, you know, take some characters and give them more space in uh, other projects or maybe some teams uh, and things like that. So that's what we usually do. And what's your usual, like, what's the usual cycle on? Because you've been, say you've been doing this for a year. Is it like a three-month-ish kind of development time or longer or is, it, or is it really depending on like what kind of jam you're making it for or what the game is going to be yeah it depends a little bit on both these aspects i mean um first the occasion we make it for so for example um azobe was originally made for the spooktober jam which is a game jam for uh, visual novel developers and uh, the task was to make uh, a game in one month. So we uh, started by setting the uh, limit of the game. So not too big, not particularly, um, you know, surprising in some aspects, but just uh, a story about a character. Yeah. Uh, then we decided the theme of the uh, project which was the well the work that this character usually does and uh, um, how she feels about it uh, and then we have like found some references like uh, movies or uh, other games uh, or generally other stories uh, to um, work on the development. So, uh, for example, in Azobi, we used uh, as a basis or base um, a film by a Japanese director who is Shinetsu Kamoto, and uh, the movie is uh, A Snake of June. And so we kind of try to understand the concept of that movie and how we could, uh, you know transport the same sensations in our game and while also uh, making something like a homage or a thank you letter in a sort to the to the director so yeah. that's basically how we we usually work yeah okay yeah cause that's i also have sort of like a, a very i don't know I, I come from a lot of design from like a very adaptive standpoint mm -hmm. or of like how do I adapt the ideas of this other piece of art into a yeah. game? Or this, this yeah, it's, feeling it gives me? It's, you know, uh, interesting because you get to work with uh, a material that is not yours in a way. Yeah. Because you're looking at this uh, other thing and you say, okay, how can I create the same sensation how did they achieve it and how can i achieve it in a way yeah uh, especially through yeah. like how do i do this through an interactive medium exactly yes <laughs> it's a little it's a little bit trickier. especially that yeah okay. a, a lot actually especially if you're working uh, on a visual novel because you know uh, they seem very easy to be made but 
they are actually the contrary because yeah. uh, you don't have too many uh, gameplay elements. Um, even if you uh, have, I don't know, for example, in some of our projects we had uh, um, a, point and, a point and click feature. But even in that case, it's difficult because it has to make sense. It has to communicate the right um, feelings and experiences and ideas to the players. So that becomes especially difficult in regards to um, choices because, you know, all the choices must make sense in the context uh, of the game. And especially they must be interesting for the players. So... When you mix all these elements together, it just becomes a nightmare sometimes. Right, right. especially because, like, you can't... Once you start allowing choices, it's very easy for them to balloon out of control. And you have to be like, well... Exactly, yes. You can't branch to this absurd degree. So, But they have to feel meaningful at the same time. Exactly, yeah. And so it becomes really difficult to uh, balance the... um, you know, a relationship between how many choices you want to place throughout the game and uh, how all these choices are going to influence the players in yeah. some way. And it's really, uh, you know, a nightmare. Yeah, really, a nightmare, yes. yes. <laughs> My approach to that kind of thing, very when I was starting on very early on, and like for me, it was like clearly like, there was like a binary between either you make the choices for the character or you don't. So it's like, well, if I'm the character, yeah. I have to make all of the dialogue decisions or else like it's potentially they could say something that as a player might feel disconnected from. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that would take forever. Yeah, that's true. We tried making something like this in a, in a, one of our oldest projects, which was a uh, reminiscence in the night and uh, all the dialogues made by the player are only choices. You don't have any kind of uh, dialogue line outside of them, if not obviously from uh, you know the narrator or the other characters. Uh, in a way, it's interesting to make something like this because players really become the character. Uh, and so it Everything gets more uh, relatable in a way, but it's so long to make. Yeah. <laughs> it's really too much. <laughs> right, right. Unless you have, you know, unless the like design approach is like, and this is a an approach that I take with um, mm-hmm. table like running tabletop games. Is I I think of the idea of a forest with a with a singular like entrance and exit. You know. Okay. The idea being that you go in one place, you 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 really mess around the forest and have gone a grand adventure, mm-hmm. but you kind of always come out the same endpoint. But yeah, that's a that's a good idea. Yes, um, we started making something like that from um, well, in reality, from our first game. I mean, uh, you start from one point and the ending is very linear, yeah. but <clears throat> the experience uh, that players can um, can explore in a way is all uh, uh, in the middle of the game 
So you start from the same point and arrive at the same point, but in a different way or with a different mindset or with a different experience in general. So yeah, I think that's one is uh, really a, yeah. a good way to, to make this. Great, because a similar ending doesn't always mean the, um, the exact, everything is ended the exact same. It sometimes it just means that the, whatever conflict is resolved mm-hmm. and like yeah. the resolution is given context by the choices you made along the way. Exactly. Yes. Yes. That's true. Uh, for example, if you look at uh, Azobi in particular, yeah. um, all this, the, the, the memories that the uh, character tells to the protagonist are very different. And so you get a different picture of her during the, the game, depending on, you know, what you uh, wanted her to talk about. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, perfect. Mikaku, it's been great talking to you. We yeah, have, for me too. <laughs> we, we, have reached, we have reached the end of our, our, our time here. Yep. So I've got to ask you, um, what's your favorite ending in recent memory? You don't have to spoil Oof. the ending strictly, but listen, here at Indie Apocalypse Radio, we encourage spoilers nonstop because how else do we discuss okay. media? How else, do we, how else can we discuss media like adults? If we have to, totally yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, that's a little bit difficult because you know I watch really a lot of stuff. Okay. But I think that well, I recently rewatched uh, at the cinema um, "Fallen Angels" by Wong Kar Wai, who is a director from Hong Kong, and I think that one is probably one of the best endings I have uh, ever seen because it's really uh, touching and powerful in how it is uh, shot, how it is written, uh, the music in the back- background. It's just perfect on, uh, on you know, every kind of uh, level. Oh, yeah. Perfect, perfect. Before we start getting into, into Wong Kai Wak, because I, I wanted to... Um that new release just came out from Criterion and it was not available yeah. at, my yeah. local, at, my, at my local store. So I, I, oh, no. I did not get it. I ended up getting, what did I, what did I end up getting? I ended up getting, um, it was, it was, it was two big packs. I got the Cassavetes collection and another. Oh, oh yeah, that's great. And mm-hmm. I got three colors, but, um, yeah, that is amazing. I mean, uh, Kislovsky has been, uh, our main, uh, reference and uh, master throughout all our uh, um, development history so i mean i have <laughs> I, I particularly love uh, free, the free colors trilogy so i am looking forward to it i had not seen it yet and okay the only, actually the only one i've seen the casavetti collection it was um killing of a chinese bookie so i'm excited for okay. both of those yeah <laughs> um and very looking forward to it. but you know you gotta find time to watch movies but yeah, I mean it's great. Also, yeah. Also, Fallen <laughs> Angels is one of the ones that I had not seen. I having seen in the mood for love and I listened, and mm-hmm. Chunking Express, and I started listening to the Cranberries a lot. That Cranberry song a lot. I felt yeah, I I feel that a lot. Yes, <laughs> especially that like Cantonese. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, great to have you. Before we start going down talking about movies. Okay. Yeah, for me too. <laughs> Thank you for uh, having me. <laughs> 
you'll, you'll be back in like 40 minutes when we're done with everybody else. But in the meantime, we're going to go to yeah. break for like okay. two and a half minutes. And then I'll be right back with our next guest. See you, everybody. I like old oh, anime. Hey, hey, like nice try. We're back on the radio. <laughs> I forgot to mention that. I forgot to mention that. We came in hot. <laughs> um, you're you're going to be here later. Welcome back to Apocalypse Radio. That was They Might Be Giants with Anna Ang. Um, I, the thing I like about They Might Be Giants is I think they are, I would say they, of, of any band that I would say overall that I enjoy, they have the widest range of absolute bangers and songs that I absolutely cannot stand. And would hurl out a window and burn from all existence. <laughs> and like not even like ones off of like bad, you know, canonically bad or mediocre albums. I mean like if you play Particle Man around me, get out of here. That song sucks. What? I hate what? I hate Particle Man. So uh, Triangle Man is coming for you. No, no. <laughs> Com- compared to something like Anna Ang, which is like such a good song, it has such a good <laughs> like uh, I, what's the musical term? I think of it as the path the song takes, but I know there's a musical term for that. If I can, if it's a feeling that I can accurately describe, Fisher's here. Uh, Hello, Fisher. Are you talking about the di- are you talking about the dynamics? Hello, of <laughs> a song. <laughs> you've been here before. You were from it, Breakout was in issue five, four, four, issue four of Indie Apocalypse. That right? sounds right. Yes, and I'm 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 here to talk about Breakout two. Tell me about Breakout two. Uh, it doesn't exist yet, but it will exist. Um, got to sequelize. Got to forever sequelize. Yes, um, and for those who haven't played it, uh, it the the idea of a sequel to a block breaking game is kind of silly, but once you play it, you tell can understand. Ar- tell Arkanoid two that. Yeah. Oh, true. Very true. And there was a breakout too, but it was just the same. Um, Ar- Arkanoid sorry, has a sorry, story. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm, I'm sorry for sure. I, <laughs> I disrespected Arkanoid. I meant Arkanoid Revenge of Doe. <laughs> Ar- yeah, Arkanoid has a story. It just sucks. <laughs> what if Arkanoid uh, story? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, how dare you say this is the third most successful table arcade unit of the year <laughs> in Japan, <laughs> according to Game Machine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we're so, not worth the reading Wikipedia portion of the show. Wow. Damn. Um, I would say, um, yeah, so like, the, while Breakout was about very much like that era, where it was like late 70s, early 80s kind yeah. of vibe, um, Breakout 2, I'm trying to go 90s, um, trying to get more into that area of game history um, and aesthetic history. And and that, of course, has led me to the 90s CGI. Um, and, man, you know, 90s CGI video game intros are, like, uniquely terrifying. Yeah. And this, I just, I can't put my finger on it because CGI movies from that time, like, are, most of them weren't this terrifying. Uh, which ones are we talking about? Well, we're talking, like, Toy Story. Uh, Toy Story. <laughs> I yeah. I would, I would say Toy Story. Looking at the first Toy Story, <laughs> there are definitely scenes in the first Toy Story that are like, oh my god! Like, okay, most of the scenes with like Sid in the first Toy Story, where he's like yeah. burning off the yeah. Okay, I mean his, his face looks pretty bad up close. That's people that's for talk sure. about. <laughs> wow, Toy Story looked good, but then like, 
Yeah, I, right. You people have not seen Toy Story. <laughs> I went and looked at Toy Story recently. Yikes. So the image on CG screen has come that's, a long way. Yeah, yeah. So the image on screen that's for Civilization Three, which is a two thousand three game. No, before that. You, people should know this is. I think this art. It's weird that like this art though. I would say is recognizable as Civilization, even if it's not just like old rulers. Yeah, it's funny. Um, you know, Civ Three is actually two thousand one. So I, I, I say like early two thousands still counts for this frame of reference because CG had like in games had still not really like gone super far. Um, and that screen, that lose screen. So that's what shows up when you lose civilization three. Um, and like single player is all the rulers in the game mock you, but it comes up so suddenly it's like dong. And that's, it's just, this is the screen. And it's got these death masks all along the top and everybody's mocking you and all the faces look really creepy. And I remember playing when I was like, God, how old was I? Maybe maybe seven years old. And just like, it's getting slammed in the face with that suddenly. And like at the time, all the games I pretty much played were like Command and Conquer. So it was like sudden horrible CGI faces in my face it was like uh that's too much (laughs) should should i put away this lincoln is he (laughs) (laughs) no you love i love lincoln Uh, nowadays it's like whatever i don't care but like as a kid it was just like so deeply scary like this and then i've been trying to find a good screen cap of the dungeon keeper 2 intro but like dungeon keeper 2 has this intro that is like very like um you know what here's it Here's an image. I'm going to drop it to you and you can put it up if you like. Um, But Dungeon Keeper 2 uh, is an RTS, like, dungeon builder kind of game. Um, It's it's pretty unique, but uh, it has the CGI, like, intro and cutscenes. And they're very, like, well-produced. But something about the design, it's, like, just... It's just a little too sharp. And, like, I don't know, stabby. (laughs) <laughs> i don't know how to i don't know what I'm, i don't know how yeah, to put it there's 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 definitely like a look to that early like rudimentary look at me cut it cropping things like a stream pro now um that rudimentary cg as a, as a youth as a slightly older youth i spent a late night a full night even playing civilization two on the playstation one having rented it oh yeah a weird way to play that game but i played a lot of it i never played i I always looked at dungeon keeper in magazines and i thought it looked very cool (laughs) but i never played it because i did not have a personal computer uh that could be cool games cool games well so at the time i had a pc i could play cool games but all i wanted was an xbox (laughs) oh well all i wanted was to play halo little did i know that halo was available for pc but whatever (laughs) oh oh to be to to be young in a master chief (laughs) to be young playing co-op halo yeah um so the where I'm going with this is that the creepiness doesn't just follow with like creepy imagery like that, but it's yeah. also like relatively normal imagery. Like I just sent you an image. Yes, um, oh, I know uh, this guy. 
You know that guy for real? That's awesome. Okay, so you know the the Nancy Drew um, adventure games. Yeah. Um, are a classic a um, among among adventure game fans. Um, there are so many of them, and they're all you know point and click adventure games, a la Mist, with characters you can talk to, and the characters are usually full CGI, like animated with lip sync. Yeah. Um, <laughs> This that's me now. This the stream the stream right now. <laughs> yeah, right, there it goes. And the stream was on delay and it was just like Shorty was like peeking out from behind <laughs> the like, magazine oh, cover. Oh, <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah, so that so that's Shorty. Uh, I don't wanna spoil Secret of Shadow Ranch, but uh he's a major character in Secret Something of Shadow with Ranch. Horses. Hey there, Something Nancy. with horses. Hey there. Um hey there, Nancy. I hear yeah. I hear some horses. Nancy. Yeah, there's there's horses. Um, there's Nancy goes. Nancy, I hear there's a ghost horse. <laughs> yeah, there's the ghost horse. Um, yeah. Anyway, I love Nancy yeah. Drew games. Recently, I've been streaming Nancy Drew games with my girlfriend, um, on her channel. I watched um, a lot of yeah. I I similarly my experience with Nancy Drew is through video game live streams, as it were. Yeah. I was gonna leave. I'm gonna find the best angle for this guy to hang out. <laughs> from old I, pop from a popular one might know from a popular video game website but um anyway here we go wait what website um giantbomb.com oh oh really giant bomb did nancy drew streams that's yes. wild harry russell used to play a lot of them i had no idea they were real treats i love okay i love adventure i don't necessarily love playing them all the time, but I love watching adventure games being played. Yeah, that's that's the thing about them is that when they're they're interestingly more fun to watch than actually play, um, and uh, that's true for a lot of them. Except for I found I found like several really really niche, well not niche by today's standards I would say adventure games. Like there's one called Shivers. Um, which was like it's like a major game. It's published by Sierra. It's like this, that's a major major game for the '90s. Um, had a sequel. It's called Shivers Two. Wow, what a surprise! Shivers Two: Harvest of Souls, um, which is a point-and-click adventure game. Um, but um, it has uh, oh, also featuring um, it features. Uh, you ever seen? Um, was metal jesus the video game guy no he, he is uh he he does like retro game reviews he, he's like a collector um i think his name is like metal jesus rocks or something on youtube anyway he's like a pretty big youtube guy he used to work for sierra he's actually in shivers too um because it was like full motion video um and they just needed cast from around the office so he's like a member there's like a fictional rock band of the game and he's like part of the band this it's is kind not, of funny. This is not Shivers, but I thought for a second, if you told me this was the cover <laughs> of, of a game that Sierra put out, an FMV game that Sierra put out, I would believe you. This is a David Cronenberg movie. Uh, Shivers. But, um, that is pretty good. Uh, yeah, Shivers 2. Uh, Shivers 2 has... Um, it's got like an abandoned talent to explore, and there aren't any creepy people in the game, per se. Yeah. But the music and like art direction of that game is so surreal it's it just goes like 
I can't tell if the game is trying to make a political statement about Americana or not, but I mean, if somebody told me like this was like Dali's warped dream of what America would look like uh, post-apocalypse, I, I believe it. <laughs> so yeah. I, I recommend Shivers too. Is what I recommend. Yeah, I. I... I recommend like finding finding a good adventure game person that you you gel with. Yeah, Just watching them play a lot of adventure games because they're a, they're a real treat. Oh yeah, for sure. They're, they're like kind of terrible. A lot of them are like kind of really terrible. Oh yeah, but like like I I have a lot of affection for Phantasmagoria too. Me too. The Puzzle of the Flesh. Puzzle of the Flesh. The I, game I, that had uh, one of the first games to have an unironic uh, gay storyline. Yeah, listen, I still maintain that Curtis Craig is the true bisexual icon in video games. <laughs> He's just a dude in a gray shirt, you know, just out here for all of us, <laughs> living his best life. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that game is that game is kind of I don't know, it's kind of good and kind of bad. Oh, it's trash. Uh, there's no, there's no getting around the fact that's trash, but, but I, I, it is I, I adore it's it. enjoyable trash. <laughs> it's a real, it's so like tune struck, you know? Oh yes. Oh, very tune struck. Yeah. You, you could be worse. You could be tune struck, which it is not. Yes. There's tune struck. There's, um, uh, dazed, dazed and confused. The, I think it's called dazed and confused. There's a there's... game called dazed and confused. We've got our good pal here, Return to Zork. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about the Zork, uh, yeah, point-and-click games. You don't remember anything about this this, this nice gentleman offering you all a bunch of rye? <laughs> uh, yeah, Zork. I, I always figured, like, those Zork games would fit so well with, like, Harvester. Oh, okay. You know? Harvester has Harvester has some slight problems with it, but um, yeah, just a few. <laughs> I mean, like metatextually speaking, <laughs> but um, a couple major problems. I, I'm always so surprised when so many popular YouTubers are like, "And I'm gonna play Harvester," and I'm like, "Oh, so but you have like ad revenue you rely on, right?" Like, yeah. <laughs> just like. <laughs> Oh, I'm not talking about the schlocky things. I, whatever. I, um, like, I like schlocky gore or whatever. I have no issue with that. I enjoy scanners and the work, the wider works of David Cronenberg. Yeah. I, I'm i into... I don't mind real... Gro like with everyone, I think like there there's, becomes a specificity to grossness that, oh, yes. we're, that I don't appreciate sometimes. <laughs> but it's... it's, it's you gotta learn the hard way what your very specific thing yeah. that you hate is. <laughs> For me, it's like sound. Oh. If something like sounds way too like gushy, I'm like, nope, out, bye. Yeah, <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta key this guy out. Sorry, I wanna, I wanna. I'm getting too sidetracked working on the stream. I'm not a, I'm not a producer. I can't produce and talk at the same time, or produce and host. See, this is why you need a video producer. So somebody could come in and take this little want some rye guy and then like trim him out so he could sit on top of the Isaacan gif. Yeah. But. You want, all right. 
to 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 recenter on obscure adventure games because yes. that's what I'm so fixated on for the past like seven years. Yes, tell um, me. Uh, have you ever played um, the Dark Eye? I don't think so. So the Dark Eye is it's an Edgar Allan Poe. Um, and there's a couple things called the Dark Eye that are also video games, so I'm going to okay. link you specifically to the Wikipedia. Um, the Dark Eye is a... Uh, it's a C... Uh, actually, I don't oh, wait, think it's I do CG. Know this, I do know this game. You do? Okay, that's great. Um, so the Dark Eye it, is... never played it, but I am familiar with it. Yeah, so it's Edgar Allan Poe stories retold as a first-person point-and-click adventure experience I, I hesitate to say game it's not actually very gamey um it's really more just like clicking around to get to the next narrative point in the story um but it has some of them like just the the weirdest art um and it's so old it's it's sort of like 95 it's as old as me you know <laughs> well, don't dock yourself on stream please <laughs> okay uh as a dark guy it's uh it's it's i don't know it's just worth checking out it's really hard to get playing on modern systems i have never succeeded yeah um but uh it's got the same vibe as another semi-obscure game called bad day of the midway okay um, i also know bad day you bad do day yes awesome a so game made by the residents that's the theme park one right yeah maybe that is the theme yes. park one it's a theme park game it has the very unique feature um, of uh, being you you play as your character, but you don't have I mean you do have dialogue with people, but you also have an internal monologue which is playing simultaneously at the bottom of the screen to everything that happens. So you always have the <laughs> the uh, like trail of thought going on at the bottom of the screen. And I've loved that so much. I wanted to make a... I actually started working on a game where it's like you take a walk and you have thoughts and that was the game and like things you encounter influence what thoughts come up. Yeah. Um, but it never uh, never materialized. Um, um, as so many games do. As so many games fail to materialize. Um, but uh, I just got... I got too into like trying to like uh, model out my hometown and like the walks I like to take. Uh, I tried to get like I tried to steal stuff from Google Maps, um, and it's really hard to steal stuff from Google Maps, is what I learned <laughs> from an adventure. Uh, so, speaking of an adventure, Fisher, we've been on quite an adventure here today with you and I. Yes. So before I go, now we've reached the end of our time here. So and really, it goes by so quickly. <laughs> sure. You wouldn't even imagine, but. Um, We've been talking about adventure games. We said they're kind of... Do you remember, what was the last adventure game that you played through there? You're like, oh, this game is, like, good, though. Not, like, not, not with, with no kind of, like, irony or uh, kind of pretentious navel-gazingness uh, of it. The last adventure game that I played that was, like, honestly, like, affectingly good... Um, and I'm gonna, I want to say it's got to, it's got, you got to point and click things. You, you must point and click. Those are the rules. Um, or, I, or, or unless it's like a 3D analog in which you're basically pointing and clicking, but like, with your, oh, okay, with your, with your face. 
Oh, it's hard to say. I could I could be like I played Nancy Drew, but actually I've been playing um uh Siberia three. Okay. I've been enjoying Siberia three. It it had a really rough launch because it's like a modern three D kind of game and the studio had not really worked on modern three D games before that. Yeah. Um so it, it was it had some technical issues, shall we say. But I've always really appreciated Siberia's uh attention siberia spelled uh, s-y-b-e-r-i-a yes uh attention to detail with uh mechanical structures and uh the, va- the like very european uh like ostentatious vibe mixed with like grime and age and entropy it's very uh it's very alluring uh so i recommend siberia the series <laughs> And I would say also to leave you with a recommendation, much like I did with films prior, I would say if you want to get into adventure games like in earnest and just like play them yourself, I think the first broken sword is like very good. Oh yeah. That's a great one. And like a very good entry point. There's like a really, I think there's a tricky puzzle at the very beginning, but it's (laughs) par for the course. (laughs) I think it's. I think it's mostly like an effective story told well with good animation. It looks good. Yeah, it yeah. sounds good. I think it's been like updated to make it look nicer and everything too. Yes. Like higher I think res. It, I think it even has a mobile port. I've played that on the GBA once. <laughs> there's uh, a there's an anti Drew game for Game Boy Advance. Ooh. It's a full one to one port. Listen, what a what a war- listen. I gotta. <laughs> I need people need to pay me more money so I can do like more historian type stuff because I the GPA sucks but I think it's cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. I downloaded like the whole library. I, I found that I had the whole library in like my garage. <laughs> you yes. And I, you, and I you. was playing. I was playing through all the games. I'm like, wow. Like most of these games suck. <laughs> what a trash console. But uh, so just so many licensed games that yeah. died in the darkness. It has this really weird three. Talk about uncanny, bizarre 3D. The GBA has a ton of it. Oh yeah, that's very true. Um, I think the Sims are like the most emblematic of like that awkward 3D. But whatever, we're getting out of here. We'll be back. In shit doesn't say how long the song. Oh, that's because I'm on the wrong. I must switch to the wrong media source. We'll be back in like three minutes and 28 seconds. Um, Fisher, thanks you for being here. Course. And goodbye. I'll talk to you later. Yes. Hello, and welcome back to Indie Apocalypse Radio. That was the new pornographers with the laws of change. Uh, so, we are here with our next guest, another returning guest. In fact, I think the most returningest guest so far. If I'm correct, this is second or third? Yeah, this is my third, third time on the show. Third time. And wow. like, <laughs> Indie Apocalypse yeah. Radio's honorary PFT. Um, so, important question, burning question that I need. I I need a Kon expert in the room. Oh no! If there are any Kon experts in the room, I need I need them to speak up. So, so in that video, which is which is a strange one anyway, because it's like they're telling a story and they're putting their own subtitles on it, which is kind of weird and neat, I guess. Mm-hmm. But um. So, so in the video, the 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 main the main K-On, I think her name is Yui. 
right? Yeah, the brown hair one, right? Yes, yes. I don't know if she's, <laughs> That's all I know about Kaon. <laughs> I don't know if she's a lead Kaon, but so in it, um, she refers to the new pornographers as an American band when they are quite famously a Canadian supergroup. Damn, really? So, like, I saw the new pornographers in the subtitles, and I was like, that doesn't seem like a Kaon thing. But so, I never yeah. would have thought that. So, um, yeah, because they, they had fun with it, and they made their own story. Oh, Where, damn. Um, so so I, I needed to know if there were any Kaon experts to know if that was a, a mistake of the author or if that was in character to misidentify them as being an American band. I wouldn't know, but if it was the author, that's pretty cool, actually. If like, just was... the... Well, not the mistake. Yes. But I mean, yeah. like, the whole idea of uh, AMVs fanfic? All right, yeah. I'm down with it. Yeah, that, that's what that one was. That was a, an AMV as a fanfic. A very loose fanfic, because the, the fanfiction was, hey, what if the K-On girls <laughs> put on a concert where they played a new pornographer song? Damn. Man, I might have to rewatch that AMV. Because <laughs> I was too busy, like, prepping my notes. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, you have notes? <sighs> I do have notes, actually. Okay, so <laughs> What what were your topic? What did you have prepared? I'm, I'm oh, ready just, to go. The first thing I I was just gonna introduce myself because you know. Oh right, introduce you. Oh good. <laughs> I thought you were old hat by this point. Um, you were also in issue four was your introduction. But yeah, it was. It was. Because that was the issue four squad that you and Fisher won originally with cover artist Joe Witt. And Chris yeah, Ma- and Chris Mayer, no relation issue four. But, um, yeah, I remember that episode. Fun episode. That was uh, that was the longing. That one I think extended well beyond the the, the recording session. But um, anyway. I remember like wanting to talk more at the end too, yeah. and you were just like, "Oh, we're out of time," and I'm like, "Oh no, I want to talk about musicals." But yeah, yeah. I've been on the show a couple times, and I've been in Indiepocalypse a couple times. Yes. Luckily, as a Game dev, zine maker, comic artist, and a capsule reviewer. I did one. A triple threat. <laughs> a, a quadruple threat. Yeah. <laughs> An indie apocalypse EGOT. An e- oh my god, yeah. I thought you said EGOD for a second, like the E-girl who's a god. And I was just like, yeah, that's me. But yeah, the last thing I did, yeah. I should. That should be my new display name on Twitter, EGOD. I'm writing that down. Okay. Uh, so yeah, the last thing I contributed to Indiepocalypse was the little zine, if you remember. I do remember. Uh, yeah, the poetry zine. Yes. And that was a fun time. I like just, uh, I like how Indiepocalypse, like, I guess it helps that I kind of got to know you yeah. throughout the whole, like, time I've been working with you guys. Yeah, but like, so- <laughs> I like how, yeah, I like how niche it is that I can just put in my, uh, thinly veiled fanfic. Which is about OCD and psychosis. Yeah, also, this is it's an art thing, and it's, you know some people get that it's like, hey, just submit stuff you do like. And you know, yeah. when, people, when people talk about nepotism, it's how it works. You know, people just it's 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 nepotism is ninety percent friendship, or whatever you know, casual business friendship. Oh, I feel goodness. like yeah, at least in my experiences with jobs. Kind of like, oh, I know this person, and then other people are just like, oh, it's nepotism. I'm like, mm, no, it's not. It's the power of friendship right, right there. Yeah. But no, not that I condone nepotism, anyways. No, but it's it's more complicated than like 
it's when someone's like clearly clearly unqualified or and they're just like only getting a job and then they're probably not even doing the job mm, that is true yeah i think sometimes people are like well or they'll throw up a, like a, like a disclaimer it's like i am familiar with this but we're not covering it because i know them and it's like yes you are you are but it's not you're not covering it only because you know them Mm-hmm. But, oh yeah that's true it's a because, good distinction to make. yeah yeah but it's like if i know this person and i know their work of course i'm going to pay more attention to it naturally so. oh that makes me feel so special now like <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i don't know i just really like any apocalypse and i noticed that you guys featured uh hit me recently yes the game not like the concept of hitting me no no we don't i think i did actually encourage the concept of fist fighting my guests last episode did you oh i didn't catch that one i believe so i i think i suggested i might but i'm not a fist fighter at tcap we can fist fight except okay. though actually i'm tiny so <laughs> i'm, not, I'm yeah. not large i'm a, i'm of I'm of extremely average size i'm of extremely slightly under average size i'm small and short and people think i'm 12 but it's okay i'm not no, but yeah hit Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, being born in the world of masculinity has meant that people assume that I'm tall, and people the same size as me will be like, can you get that for me? And I'm like, lady, you and I are like the same height. <laughs> don't, let, don't let the patriarchy get you down because you think that, I need, that I'm taller than you inherently. But it's a, it's a really bizarre experience that I've noticed. I've just, it happens, it comes up sometimes. Especially if you're exactly the same height. Yeah, I no, imagine. I, I've had people who I think are like mildly, like maybe half an inch taller than me, asking me to get things. I'm like, what? <laughs> and then I just climb up something to get that. Like, I wasn't that tall. I'm not that tall. At least you have the willpower to do it. Yeah. I respect that. Now you were saying. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Hit me um, by, yeah. I'm not sure how to pronounce their name. Shiri? Shiri? Ziri. Okay. Yeah. I love that game. I played it um, for the... Well, I played it in the Queer Games Bundle that Taylor was organizing. Yes. And it's just a killer game. It's, and, yes. like, if anyone is, like, on the stream <laughs> listening, it's a, it's a really good game. It's about um, like, kind of like a visual novel where there's a person visiting uh, Chile, like the city of Santiago, and um, they find these two dudes that they just start chilling with and it's very good very gay and it's just a good time like i feel like that that game is very poignant how do you say it poignant 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 yeah (laughs) and it's it just captures like this very specific feeling like a very warm feeling where like you're at your friend's house and they're like cooking for you and it feels like so safe and cozy even though, like, in the game, bad stuff does happen. Yeah. Like, there's... It's called Hit Me. And, like, it does start with the protagonist being, like, walking up to these guys and being like, hey, guys, hit me. And they do. <laughs> but um, it's it's such a good game. I love it a lot. Yeah, I think you can get, like... I, I think Cozy gets kind of flattened sometimes into, like, being... Meaning, like, without resolu- without conflict and that kind of thing. Also, I'm putting it up now, but, like, the zine page for the hit me is like except the art in that game is exceptional. I love it. It is. And the zine me page too. is also truly, truly amazing. 
Yeah, I love how the it's like it's such a small difference from like it's a little gif um, as the cover art. And oh my god, there it is. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> it's so. They will be. Siri will be on the show next week, even. Ooh, I'm going to tune in. Tune then. in. 2 p.m. Eastern, Eastern time. <laughs> they will be here. Yeah, wow. it's, it's a great game. Can't recommend it enough. And yeah, like, I feel like Cozy, maybe you think of Cozy and you think of, like, the little box of the Sleepy Time Tea where there's, like, right. a bear sleeping yeah. with a tea beside him. I don't know. But, like, it's a very kind of. If you do cozy right, it can evoke very specific memories. Yes. Like when I played this game, I like I was transported like to like a friend's uh, living room where like it's like super nice and like you know it like I can't even explain it because it's like such a personal thing, but like it's uh it's powerful yeah. and it's something that I haven't seen in like any other media since I played Hit Me, I think, and I haven't seen it before. That is, if you know what I mean. I know what you mean. Like when I was <laughs> fairly recently, I was thinking about art mm -hmm. and what art As one does to me. And I kind of like reached the idea that like true, like art in like the way that I want it to reach me reaches me in that very specific way. Like you said, like this kind of like indescribable personal feeling mm -hmm. where it's like, well, I don't know what this feels like. I, I think it's very easy to make sad art or make happy art, you know, but it's, mm -hmm. it's very complicated and difficult to make art that, like you said, makes it feel like you're at your friend's house. Yeah. And like, like I think like your Sorry, friend's house, not just your friend's house, like capital Y your friend's house. Yeah, like, it takes you to a specific place in time and space, and you know which friend it is. Like, it's such a specific feeling. And I think, like, that's... I agree with you. That is kind of, like, what art is to me as well. At least one of the things that art can be. That it just evokes this kind of feeling for you that's, like, directly from your life. Like, I felt like that... Um, I, I like I'm a cinema studies major now like I was doing professional writing but now I'm a cinema studies major <laughs> and um and uh my there was a class I took recently where we watched a lot of like experimental film and there's this one I think it was made by a Canadian maybe Michael Snow but don't quote me on that called Spectrum I think probably I don't remember shit and um and like it's about this it's like the camera doesn't move it's like a fixed camera that just um, is recording a room and like stuff happens, like there's a break in, people come in, like, and there's just like a lot of grating noise and like different co uh, colors in the scene. But uh, when my class was talking about it, we were discussing it and I was like, there's something about this movie that really draws me that I find really like evocative. And I was thinking about it, I was thinking about it and then I realized it's the camera placement because it reminds me of, like if you're if you've ever experienced like a psychotic episode like there's kind of like uh certain feelings where like you're in absolute stasis like you do not move yeah and i was like this is why it makes me so uncomfortable but also why i kind of like the movie because it captures that kind of very like that feeling that you don't see in anything else because you're not going to see that in a hollywood movie you're not going to see that like yeah. i'm a big mcu fan <laughs> unfortunately like i'm not a fan <laughs> fan like i don't want to like out myself Oh, but um, no, no, <laughs> I, I would never, I would never out 
I would never force someone to out themselves as an MCU fan. Yeah, and I wouldn't either, which is why I'm shocked that I'm doing it. But yeah. like, I if you see like um, shows like even Loki, like Loki, Black, what's it called? Black oh, Widow, yeah. like. Even though that one was okay, I'm not here to talk about MCU, but like <laughs> these kind of like movies and media are made to like appeal to the mass audiences. And I, I know that we've talked about this before, but like for something for a movie like Spectrum, if that's what it was called, or Hit Me, what they called Wavelength. Wavelength, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> I I can't believe I messed it up. Maybe there was another one called Spectrum, and um, it's all in the same idea. Yeah, yeah, like kind of same word. concept. The words have the same mouthfeel to them. Yeah. For Wavelength to kind of evoke that very specific feeling, I thought was absolutely killer. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, as someone who has seen an MCU film or two myself. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. Um, I, I said, I think the last one I saw was Spider-Man, the first Spider-Man. Yeah, I, I was uh, told this is mm-hmm. one of the good ones, and I was like, "It's the same as all the other ones." Yeah, Spider Man, uh, Homecoming, right? Yeah, I like that part where he tells him to do a flip, but otherwise, it's basically the same as the other movies. I don't see anyway. We're not here to be cinema snobs and, you know, kick down, kick you in the dirt for liking potato chips. But <laughs> no, I kind of do agree though, because uh, Spider Man. Uh, far, not far from home, homecoming. Yeah. I was thinking about it the other day and I was just like, wait, is that the one where the girlfriend is evil? Did that happen? <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't remember a single thing that happens in that movie. Was she an evil Anyways. version of Spider Man? <laughs> no. <laughs> I think her dad was evil or something. It's yes, so forgettable. Yeah. The villains are so forgettable sometimes in MCU movies. Well, that's because, listen, if we can talk about Marvel for a moment. Oh, yeah, let's go di- for it. Disrespect AMV night. There are th- there are three good Marvel villains, I think. Yeah. And Marvel Cinema had no rights to use any of them because they are Doctor Doom, they are Galactus, uh-huh. and they are Magneto. And the rest, oh, damn. throw them in the trash. I don't care about them. None of them were in the MCU yet, though. No, because they were all in by like Fox or Sony had all the rights to those. Oh yeah, no. like Doctor Doom. Like I would be kind of worried if MCU adapted Doctor Doom. Okay. I feel like. Maybe you know, here's 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 my great Andrew's greater Marvel Cinematic Universe theory. Yeah, the point of Doctor Doom is he is he's the the bombastic supervillain who is like true. I'm mustache twirling. My name is Victor Von Doom. (laughs) I have a metal face. I hate this one guy I went to college with. (laughs) And then yeah, Galactus is your your massive you know gigantic threat we are like the world is under the whole universe is in peril because galactus eats planets and Magneto yeah. is the sympathetic one where hey this guy's actually right about everything but he's a bad guy i guess or something <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. i for a second i thought you were going to talk about mcu villains and i was i was expecting to say like killmonger or something who i think has yeah, like I, that kind I of like similar thing Jordan, but like <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, well, Black Panther was a great movie. Yeah. If I remember correctly. Killmonger was one of the better villains, like, definitely. Because I don't even remember what the dad from the evil villain from freaking uh, Spider Man Homecoming looked like. That was Michael Keaton? I think it was Michael Keaton. 
Okay, well. Because I thought it was very funny. <laughs> yes, it was, because I thought it was very funny because he played the vulture, and that was after he did Birdman. Oh, that's right. I forgot that was the villain. Because <laughs> Bird, I thought, because I thought it was very, because like Birdman is like this superhero movie suck kind of thing. I can't believe we're all trapped in it. It was very funny that Michael Keaton was playing it. And yeah. He got sucked back in. Like the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe comes for us all one day. Oh my lord. He was in Batman too, right? Yeah, because yeah, he was the he was okay. the first, the second to Batman. Oh Jesus! I remember reading the screenplay for Birdman, and then I didn't watch the movie. I have no idea why. I was crazy back then. <laughs> that, is, uh, that is like a very weird way to go about things, <laughs> right? Like I read the screenplay on the bus because I was fucking weird yeah. in the first year. Anyways, um, I I actually did have something to say about uh what we were talking about self-indulgence very specific feelings yes so like one of my projects this summer because like i'm on summer break and like you know trying to relax and shit Must be nice <laughs> like, i'm gonna miss it when i graduate yeah and um so like i was i was on twitter as one does yeah and like some some person was like they made a quote bot for like a bunch of quotes that they really liked and like they were just like yeah this is kind of cringe uh be nice about it. <laughs> and like they had like I think two thousand followers or something. They had a decent number of followers. Yeah. And like they were just like, yeah, this like some of these quotes come from like fan fiction or like movies or songs. And I was like, damn, that's that's uh you're putting yourself out there, but I kinda wanna do that. So I ended up doing that. <laughs> and I'm not gonna drop the handle because I don't want to out myself for yes. like the eightieth time on this right. show, which right. I've done a couple times. One can only expose your uh, ass so many times on the internet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 20, within a 20-minute like, time period. Before it bites me in the ass, like, yeah. an hour from now. Anyways, so I ended up making this quote bot, and it has, like, my favorite quotes from, like, freaking everything, like, video games, um, like, essays, movies, mountain goats quotes, yeah, and, like, fanfic, too. And I'm, I'm like, looking at all this, and I'm just like, you know, these this is kind of like inherently embarrassing to have this thing up on the internet. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like that's self-indulgence. That's what I'm here on this earth for. Right. I think. Yes. <laughs> like, right. Cause like, if you're not going to make stuff that you like and that you have a vested interest in, like why make anything? That's, that's my question. Right. It's, and, I, it's like the immortal bard once said to cringes to live. <laughs> yeah i remember that that image that's just like do not kill the part of you that is cringe kill the part that cringes <laughs> and I, I that's how i live anyways so yeah i'm out here hosting an amv night once a month no see that's yeah. andrew this is why i respect you like this is why i love indie apocalypse because it does that kind of stuff and like i don't know i just i just think it's cool yeah i like being listen i i feel like i've said once again, once you once you're into like 37 episodes of this show, you have realized how little a single person can repeat or say without repeating themselves. But I enjoy sincerity, but I also enjoy peak irony, and I think the two can coexist. I think those two wolves can live inside of you all your life. One of the one of them loves the room. One of them loves a still shot of a room for 45 minutes. Damn, that's so deep, though. <laughs> no, sorry, I just—I no. was shocked. 
But yeah, that's true. If I find myself on a Twitter bot, I will know. No, okay, I listen. No. Not... <laughs> I'm holding you to that. Um, no, weird. don't worry. I'm not putting you on a, a Twitter bot. Thank don't God. worry. Thank you. Thank you, God, for that. Um, I remember when I realized that I knew the person who did the Eva bot, and I'm like, that's weird. The the New Yorker one. Eva bot. Never mind. What is that? Oh. <laughs> uh, what was that? You went away for a moment. Oh, I said, what's what's evil bot? There's like a there's a person there's a bot that does New Yorker quotes, but over Eva screenshots, Evangelion. Oh, okay. I thought they were on the New Yorker. I was like, wow, that's pretty, that's no. pretty uh, out there for the New Yorker. And I kept seeing, and I clicked. I'm like, oh wait, I know the person who made that. Damn, that's they crazy. They are a um, are were a. It's the Twitter bio. Why am I pretending? I'm like, I'm over here missing words. Like I'm <laughs> pretending like they're not like a public figure, but I, it always feels weird to drop people's names here and there, you know? Oh, true, true. Even when I mention someone right. on, say, Indiepocalypse Radio, I'm just like, oh man, should I have done that? Yeah, right, Anyways. right. I will, I will say yeah. that they were, they were a fixture and maybe perhaps still are a fixture of the Toronto game scene. Oh, so. I'm. I'm not that, you know. But yeah, connected. yeah. But, um, I'm not that connected at all. Needless to neither I'm like I'm not very connected either. Um, excuse me, you're running Indie Pocket, yes. which is like a, <laughs> I mean, a whole connection network. But okay, yeah. all right. I guess I mean to my to my local scene. Oh, okay, yeah. Fair, I fair. I created, uh, I what was it? I dubbed my international indie man of indie mystery or something. I don't well, remember what I called myself no at one is, point. No one is a prophet in their own land. Yeah, so. exactly. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm a man of the country, of the every country that is. The world country. Oh, my Lord. Uh, that's that's evocative. Oh, thank you. Um, I think a lot. I've, I have, like, I've been trying to use Twitter more because I have to, as you mentioned, having these connections. And, like, I realize I need to have, build a stronger community to some extent, despite not wanting to be one of those community head person people, you know? Mm-hmm. So I feel, to... I feel like the Indiepocalypse community, and I could be totally wrong about this, is kind of coming together, though. Like, yeah. outside of just the, the zine bundle? Like, I don't know. I, th I think they've, I think Indiepocalypse, the community up to this point, has everyone been just, like, sort of aware of each other? Like, I see everyone, like, playing Indiepocalypse games and it's like, I wonder if these people are finding each other through the zine and I assume that they are. Yeah, like yeah. And then I was Wait, like, sorry, oh, yeah. I'm arranging my thoughts. Sorry, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And so I was like, but I need to like do a little bit more work. Mostly the pledge drive got me thinking about that I need to put in a little bit more work so that people will show up to the stream and give me money. And to do mm -hmm. that, you need to build more personal investment in myself. It's it's got to it basically it's got to me to um thinking about <laughs> tweets and like well I gotta post tweets and it's like I don't know be funny or something or entertain. How do you go viral when all your when all your thoughts are like how can I make this line from lo from losing my edge but make it about the net your rose? The what? The Net Your Rosie was the console. It was the developer console oh. for the PlayStation One. 
there, there's a line in Losing My Edge where he talks about how you're, oh, okay. you're throwing, you're buying a synthesizer and arpeggiator. You're throwing your computer out the window because you want to make something real. You want to make a Yaz record. And I'm like, I think I finally nailed my white whale was like, <laughs> what the game company was. Cause I had, you're buying a CRT and a net your and you're throwing a computer out the window. Cause you want to make something real. Uh huh. But I didn't have a developer, but I think art dink might be it. I think it might be art dink is the right one I'm looking for. Wow. Mr. Domino fame. And that fellow who can't be stopped. That is, um, I had a thought here that I was going somewhere, but I don't remember what it was. Oh, whatever. Oh. I know what a PlayStation One is, at least. <laughs> it's yeah, it was like it was like, it was like a gray box. You would pop open the top, you would put a disc in. It was um. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I've heard of those. I've heard of those. Uh, <laughs> Final Fantasy Seven was on it. Yeah, I remember because when they came out with the mini console, it was there, and I was like, I should buy that, and then I didn't. I got Cloud. it on Switch. He was there, and he was like, "I'm not your friend." And Said like, that. Yeah, he's Sorry. Like, not, like, I'm not friends with anybody. And then he was friends with people. Yeah, I only got so far into Final Fantasy VII, the original. Yeah. But, like, I know people who are, like, heavy into Final Fantasy VII. And I'm like, oh, wait, hold up. Yes. Actually, think talking about evocative moments. Yes. There's that one part in uh, freaking Final Fantasy VII where Cloud is, like, dissociating and, like, his little, like, ghost self, like. Yeah distances itself from his body in the honeybee in that shit was powerful yeah and like it's it's actually like a very cool technique in how they do it like because i feel like occasionally like it'll like it like it stutters in and out sometimes and it's like very uh -huh. neat after image effect because it, it happens multiple times clouds whole, i think i i played through um what's it called that game for the ps the playstation portable with zach in it Oh, uh, that's not Crisis, Dirge. Crisis, Crisis Core. Oh. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I think I, I kind of developed what might be a somewhat larger respect for Final Fantasy VII because I played it mm -hmm. when I was like 12 or whatever. And I, it's, it's harder to connect with, get, you know, sometimes 12-year-olds don't connect with deeper themes and meanings, you know? That is true. <laughs> that is definitely true. Yeah, but, just, like, I feel like there's some games that if I try to engage with them for the first time now as a 23 year old yeah. like i wouldn't feel it as much as i did when i was like 11 or like 10. yeah i'm pretty sure that is me with golden sun where i was like this game sucks mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we have like a soft spot for it yeah but when, I was, when i was a kid i would have been oh this is cool it's fun the writing isn't really rote and boring oh yeah yeah um but anyway but there are some games that are just good and you yes. happened to play them when you were a kid. Like, that's me with The World Ends With You. Right. Which I played when I was, like, 14 or something. Oh, uh, yeah. those halcyon, long-gone days of 14. Being <laughs> 14. Uh, well, there were some good things about that. No, yes. Tooling was one of them. There were some bad things about that. The rest of life. Um, <laughs> anyhow, um, we're going to... We're gonna we're going to close this, this small segment down and bring it back up in like a little bit. I got to go back to studio mode and bring it back up with our final group segment. Can I make sure I switched the right song? Oh, I did. Um, 
in the meantime, before we go, Bianca, I got to ask you, what's your favorite Linkin Park song? <gasps> okay. Um, I'm going to be basic. Yeah. I kind of do really like points of authority. Like, oh, as like, I don't know if that's well, basic, actually. That's well, not... <laughs> well, I've I got good news for you then, Bianca. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I think I know what's coming up. Okay, I was going to say another song, too, but it's okay. We'll just end there. Points yes. of authority. Three, three minutes and 20 seconds. We'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to Indiepocalypse Radio. That was Points of Authority by Linkin Park. Folks, I am realizing that we are... At first, I was like, when I was first started AMV, now I was like, maybe Indy, maybe Lincoln Park actually whips. And now I'm like, I think I'm reaching the end of the Lincoln Park I can tolerate. <laughs> I think they have like, I think the thing, the Lincoln Park thing is like, if you compare them to other new metal bands, they're like way more interesting musically than like, say, a Limp Biscuit or a Corn. They've got like way more going on because of like the whole hip hop angle to it, um, and like the kind of like remixing of it. But anyway, Lincoln Park. I still kind of dig Limp Biscuit though. I don't know if I can go back. Right. Like, I don't know if you've seen my uh, Discord profile picture, but it's that girl from dungeon meshy with a limp biscuit shirt i did not see what her, her shirt was <laughs> Me neither. that's what it is oh it's tiny on discord yeah. but i i don't know i kind of like limp biscuit i heard it my dad showed it to me when i was a kid yeah i just like the big songs but something something about you know break stuff it right. just hits something about rolling <laughs> and rolling still yeah something about rolling i listen i will I will allow. I will not. The only thing I will not allow is they do their their cover of Faith is very bad. By uh, George Michael. Yeah, they do. They cover Faith by George Michael, and I think their cover is very bad. That sounds hilarious. It's. I don't. <laughs> but also, musical crim musical criminality. But didn't right. they cover? They they covered a song about. No one knows what it's like to be the sad man. Yes, behind the And it lies. was in... Yeah, that was them, right? Yeah, that was a Who song originally. Yeah, and it was in the Angry Birds movie. <laughs> 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 and I heard that. I was like, is that a biscuit? <laughs> and I was oh, God. It just like, me. They used it unironically? Um... Or like I don't know of, how ironic you can get in the Angry Birds right, movie, right. but I, I feel what, like, what I said after I was saying it. But I feel like it was kind of like a sarcastic kind of use if that's what you mean, yeah. Okay. I um I when I'm out and about and sometimes like Muzak channels will play All Star and I'll wait for the punchline that never comes. <laughs> like in public, like in stores. Yes. Yeah, like like I yeah, like in stores, like in your supermarkets. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All, Smash Mouth All Stars, and they're waiting for there to be like a joke. Like, this is somebody's TikTok. And <laughs> I'm waiting for the punchline, and like, no, this isn't a joke. I'm in a supermarket. Yeah, like I've heard not in Canada, but in Peru, like I've heard um, restaurants playing the Friends theme song. Yep, I've and heard I was that. like, really? <laughs> <laughs> have you have you ever heard that? Like. It's such a weird experience. I'm just like, is someone going to jump out at me like any minute now? <clears throat> I have heard those. And I also, and I have also like no, 
no effect, no affection, no experience, no. I I know nothing about French at all. Mm-hmm. The, the show. Of, the show, correct. The concept. The concept I'm vaguely familiar with. <laughs> I've heard about it before. Um, yeah, I heard about it. Listen, I I've I've maybe, maybe talked about this the last episode, but I I've I realized that sometimes that I connect too much with. Um, have either of you read Ikoku Nikki? It's not no. released in the West. It's I really enjoy it, but um, so never Who's mind. Who's I don't remember the author, but mm. it's very good. It's about a a woman who adopts or her like her niece because of tragedy, but she's mm. like it's a well written story about like adults. And who are like just still regular people, and there's a particular experience where she's like her her niece's friend is over and she doesn't want to leave the or she she leaves her room and there's like another person in her house and she's upset by it of like Damn. personal space. Anyway, what anyway. I'm saying is um, friends are good, but I like myself sometimes. Um, <laughs> anywho. Oh no! I can hear myself. Someone is someone too close to their to their microphone. Oh, let me see. I'll turn down my volume a bit, but I think it's good. Okay. Anyway, that was that was a sec. I I realized that I can trick people to talking things, but I want by using I can use my Discord. <laughs> I can use my Discord for that. It's like if I, I just, that kind of reminds me. Oh, yeah. sorry. What you were talking about kind of reminds me of um. It's a good anime, but a bad manga. Um, Bunny Drop. Ah, yes, I know why you're saying that. No, no, no worries. Bunny Drop is like, um, well, the anime is about like, um, uh, Andrew, how do you explain Bunny Drop? <laughs> Bunny Drop is like, you know Yotsuba? What if Yotsuba was made by a goddamn creep? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if you've seen Yotsuba. Or Reddit. Uh, or, yeah, sorry, Reddit. <laughs> but, like, um, it's, like, about this guy and his grandfather or his dad. I don't remember. Yeah. Like, he dies and turns out he has a, a daughter or the grandfather or the uncle oh, or whatever. Oh, no, that makes it even worse. I didn't know that part. It, yeah. No, they're not blood-related. But it's a very sweet kind of mm. show until you get to that part in the manga where, like, it turns out that uh, let's not, let's stop talking about bunny drop. Let's stop we talking should, about it. We should. Why did? Why would someone do that? Why would? I know who who would have done that. Shame it's shame not, on them. It's a true <laughs> true crime. What, my, I mean, <laughs> it's it's a good thing that people have a tag. I, I like Dynasty's aggressive tagging because I know then I can I can I know right ahead when I don't want to read something. It would have that's, that. Yeah, it's a good system to have in place. Because that's also like, as someone who jokes around about, um, let's say, reading things online that you may or may not own, I also purchase a lot of stuff. If you're out there and you like comics, purchase them. Support creators. It's important. I feel like I don't need to say to support creators, but I'm a weird guy who reads scans and then buys the things he already read oh i do that too i feel bad about it sometimes 
Yeah, right? Because you need that physical copy in your hands. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there are bonuses. <laughs> oh, true. I am, I am holding out. I am wishfully dreaming of the day when we get like daydream hour in English. I love it immensely. Is that a manga? That's the, um, if you're Dungeon Meshi. The, oh, yeah. That's her, like her side book she does every now and then. They're just like sketches and like character mm. studies. Okay. Is, is it related to Dungeon Meshi or is it just yes. like independent? No, it's like kind of related. I think sometimes there are like little mini comics in it. Oh, okay. But they're yeah. like, it's, it's, it's like if you want to understand how someone like f- very so thoroughly understands their characters like through and through. Mm-hmm. Very good reads. Mm. And also you get like, I got, this is a very good thing. I enjoy this picture. This is from the most recent one. I'm throwing it up on the stream. Now that I've turned this into unofficial Dungeon Meshi Cash. <laughs> as I'm a huge, it's probably my favorite ongoing kind of like popular thing. And she's Ooh, like, wait. It just popped up for yeah. me. So you get all these like, here's all oh. these, here's all the characters like in summer clothes. It's like, hey, how are they all doing? I'm a big fan of this elf down here with this weed patch. Because <laughs> it's not a, th- I feel like I have I have issues a lot with like um, the portrayal of countries that don't speak English within the English speaking world, you know, mm-hmm. and how people sort of flatten them to be like the most sanitary thing there is, and it kind of bugs me. But um, I think it happens a lot with Japan <laughs> and like East Asia in general because of nerds. And K-pop, <laughs> and they're like, "No, Japan doesn't have weed culture." It's like, "Listen, bro, everything's got weed culture. Everything's got every kind of culture. Your world is not like, I don't know, Goku. It's like people would be like, there's no discrimination in Japan. Goku wouldn't allow it." Oh lord, <laughs> that's what it feels that's like cool. a lot of the time. I'm just gonna leave this guy up here. I'm a big fan of. This guy right here. Um, Wait, let me see which guy you're closing. Oh, Elias. I uh, don't know how to say his name. I think close. I think that's close enough. I like. I mean, I love. I, sort of, I could talk her about how much I love the designs in this manga, like so intensely. Yeah, it's how, it's a good time. And how I, I have. <laughs> sorry. Uh, oh no! I was just saying. I'm looking at my uh, three issues of Dungeon Meshi right now on my bookshelf. I never finished it, but like, I I read the concept when the first issue was still being published, and I was just yeah. like, "Damn, I gotta read that, gotta read that shit." It gets like so much better, and I, I, I not to say that's bad, but like, you know, like anything that like gets to start kind of like breathe a little, mm-hmm. and like develop its characters and kind of live in its world. Um, mm-hmm. It's how I. It's how I got a lot of recommendations. It's how I originally. It's how I eventually came across the the famous manga Twitter account Minovsky article. Oh yeah, I know him. Because I kept saying like I kept looking into Google. I'm like, how gay is this elf? I can't tell. Is it just me? <laughs> <laughs> or, 
and he kept his his the only response was him his Twitter account. So I'm like, maybe I should follow this guy who's thinking the same things as me, but I can't tell because I don't have the cultural touchstones, you know. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, I think I mean? also heard about. Oh, sorry. No, no, you can continue. Okay, <laughs> sorry. I also heard about Dungeon Meshi through Minovsky, his uh, Twitter account. He's got a good, a lot of good manga recs if you're looking for him. Yeah, he really does. And like movie recs too. <laughs> yeah. General good people too. Um, mm. Follow online for recommendations. An early, an early Columbo head in the era of Columbo coming back into style. But um, anyway, where was I going? Anyway. I wasn't going anywhere. I was just, I was just I'm, sorry, I'm looking at pictures of elves and getting distracted. But yes, anyone have any 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 pressing matters to attend to that they want to say? Any they're thinking of? Any questions? Any statements? Any pleas to the ether? <laughs> hmm. Any pleas to the ether? Nah, I'm just thinking about elves now. Yeah, I am too. <laughs> can't go wrong with a good elf. No, you can't. They're like, you got there's and then like there's so many more elves that come in later. There's like a whole bunch of them. Yeah, like I don't recognize. Like I recognize him from like fan art and stuff, but yeah. I don't know who your icon is from the little Twitch that stream. One of the elves. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> <laughs> that comes in later, but not to spoil the elves. Just gotta one second. Gotta do one more. One more. This one. This oughta. This is a very thirsty manga, I'm gonna be honest with you. <laughs> There's a lot of a lot of hot dads and stuff in here, you know? Yep. But kinda if, if no one has anything to say before I start just like rambling about manga and mm-hmm. comics. I have a I have a now that, that boat well after that boat got unstuck. I feel like I got a lot of comics back and there's, I got a lot of, I got a, like a very large backlog now of like way too much stuff. Cause I can't, I, nothing goes on my shelf unless I finish it. It's my rule. Oh, mm. speaking of which I just yep. thought of a question for the ether. Yes. Uh, well, ether being this discord call, yeah. have, what have you guys been reading lately? Mango wise or, you know, comics wise. Um, uh, or the last who, thing you read? Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Uh, well, I tried reading uh, *Boys Abyss*. I don't know if you have uh, heard of it or yeah, not. Yeah, the one based on the movie, right? Or did it come before? No, I don't know if it's based on a movie. Uh, but it seems more. Um, I don't know, uh, Oyazumi Pun Pun inspired. I don't know oh, how familiar okay. you are with that, uh, <laughs> with that one. Um, <laughs> I've a, heard things, I've heard things. What a beautiful okay. inspiration point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I've been reading that one, but 
you know, it tries a little too hard on being serious and for adults. I mean, Boys Abyss, not Oyozumi Pumpun. Oyozumi Pumpun is a pretty good one. And yeah, let's see. It's called Boys Abyss? Abyss. Boys Abyss. Boys Abyss. I thought you were saying Uh, Boys and the Beast. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, that's that movie by Mamoru Hosoda, my favorite director. Boys Abyss. Okay, that's very different, I think. Yeah, Uh, just a little bit, yes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm looking at the images now and I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, the art is good. Mm -hmm. But really, the story is kind of uh, a mess after a while. I mean, it really gets too too much. Um, I don't know what word I can use. Mm. Disturbing, maybe. No, it it really okay. it really tries too much. I was, I, was, uh, I was going to say try hard. I don't know if that translates yeah, though. It tries hard, but it doesn't succeed. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I think in English, oh, okay. the, the term, tr- at least in American English, the term try hard, I think, covers the idea of trying yeah. too hard and not succeeding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, like two edges. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly, yes. Uh, so at one point, it becomes something like uh, a telenovelas. But oh, really, yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> y- you can help but loafing at everything that happens because it's so much too much that <laughs> that you can just help doing anything else so yeah <laughs> have yeah you, yeah have, a, have you read anything by um i imagine you probably have but shuzo oshimi yeah um lately i've read happiness yeah because I, I think he does that vibe just like even better than like asano generally does mm. i think he's better at like i think he cares more about his characters if that may, like, yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Like he's like he feels more empathetic. Yeah, and I and I appreciate that in his work. I've I think I've read everything that they've released into English so far. Hmm. Inside mm. Mari, I think was the only manga I ever read on Crunchyroll. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't read anything on Crunchyroll yet. No, I, I think you're mostly fine. I've read one <laughs> thing. Shuzo Ashimi. Uh, yeah, the the only the only issue I have with Oshimi, but really I haven't uh, read that much of him, uh, is the I I don't know how to call it. I think it's something like um, Shinji Ikari complex okay. that some of the main oh. characters have. Um, but really, I I still have to read more uh, from him. So. I don't know. That's something that I felt while reading uh, Happiness. Uh, I really couldn't um, appreciate too much the main character. So that was that was the only issue I had with it. But in terms of writing, I really do agree with you. Yeah, I think he really um, loves his characters in respect of. As yeah, I know like, who he wants probably to, he doesn't wants care that much. <laughs> he wants to have them to get better at the end. Yeah, exactly. He wants to oh, he wrote 
Flowers of Evil. Yeah. I've heard of that one. I haven't yeah. read it, but... Uh, I've actually watched the anime mm -hmm. of that one, and it's mm. uh, well for me. It was really a a, a beautiful, beautiful anime. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, the only thing I read about it right now is that it was rotoscoped, apparently. Yep. Yes, and that's the main reason why it doesn't have an ending because people oh. didn't enjoy the, the technique. Oh. <laughs> well, that's too bad. I, uh, I mean, like, I'm yeah. sorry, Andrew. No, no, no. <laughs> interrupting you. No, continue. I was, I was just gonna say, I'm all for different animation styles, like in anime. Like, I know, like, anime is in like a monolith. Yeah. But mm -hmm. um, like things like ping pong, the animation. Yeah. Guys, oh yeah. I feel like that's a great anime. I, I haven't was, read the manga, but uh, I love that anime. Yeah, I was I was actually the first thing I was gonna say was Kaiba. Oh, oh Kaiba. that one is great too. Yes, which is I haven't I, seen it yet. I I went a long time even as like an early science saru head myself, mm -hmm. like <laughs> jumping in around like what's it called? The no, I wanted to call it drifting classroom, but that is not right. <laughs> It's no. 100% not. <laughs> Definitely <classroom>. not. <laughs> but it's... God, how did I forget the name of it? Tatami Galaxy. Oh, that's oh, a yes. great one. Yeah, I love that one. And I also Warcraft Girl is, uh, is great. I hadn't gone back to, like... Um, like, my Mind Game and Cat Soup and all that stuff for a while. Mm -hmm. and I only, I only mm -hmm. just recently watched Kaiba. Although I think technically the first time I saw his stuff was it might have been on Adventure Time when he directed that episode. Oh yes, uh, I, I think my mine yeah. was Mind Game. Yeah, yeah. I think that the first thing I saw was uh, Mind Game. So a, a great way to start, I'd say. Yeah, I drove mm. like an hour and a half to go see Girl Walks Home. Nope, that's the diff That's a different movie. <laughs> Uh, walk well, on girl, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah the night is long. Walk on girl. Yes, not, mm -hmm. not a girl walks home alone at night. That's a very <laughs> good movie. Uh, also a very good movie. But I, I still have to watch it. Yes. A very I had tickets movie. for a film festival where they were showing Night is Long, Walk on Girl. Night is short. Is it Night is short? Night is short. Walk on girl. Yes. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I have such a bad memory for names. But yeah, I had tickets and then I forgot about it. I was so sad. I had, especially because oh, it wasn't released at the time. Sorry, yeah. I similarly had tickets for a Fathom event of it, and there was like, mm. which is like a, I, at least in the U.S., it's like a temporary event thing, kind of special. Like they just rent out regular theaters and then host like anime or classic movies and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then I forgot, and then I did something else that night. I was like, "This sucks. I want to oh, see that." No. Oh no! So then I yeah, like, it's the worst. And yeah. then I saw it. it was airing like in a place like two hours from me, in like a small <laughs> sawmill, repurposed sawmill. I was like, "Fine, I'm gonna go there." <laughs> did you go? I did go, and I saw it, and it was a great experience. That sounds mm -hmm. like a great experience, especially in a sawmill. Yeah. Yep. There's a couple of those in Massachusetts. <laughs> Old sawmills or whatever turned into mm. outlets. Mm. I gotta check that out. 
whenever I <laughs> go to Massachusetts. Well, here, <laughs> here in Italy, it's very difficult to get the uh, occasion to, you know, watch, um, I don't know, animated movies or anime in yeah. general, because cinemas don't really um, show them. So, you know, it's only something like an occasion, uh, an occasional thing, like, I don't know, uh, the new Evangelion movie is coming out, mm. so maybe some cinemas will show it at some point, and that's all, yeah. Is there, like, a big anime watching culture in Italy? Because, like, I know in Latin America, like, it's big. Uh, I think it's getting smaller. Oh. Uh, I mean, when I was in high school, um, there were really a lot of people who were interested in uh, anime and manga or generally in uh, Japanese culture and art. But it really um, got smaller through the years so oh. uh, at this point i think that the majority of interest has gone to uh only the manga aspect of it <clears throat> and occasionally you know some specific movies or some specific uh, uh series but it's really not so uh big anymore yeah Wow, it's weird. I feel like especially I... the manga is the predominant way. Yeah, exactly. But the the problem here is that um, the publishers—I I don't know if I could really call them publishers. It's more something like uh, you know, someone who. Um, brings anime in here i mean yeah. <laughs> so, so mm -hmm. sorry for my english uh, <laughs> and so what they do is uh, um hosting some anime uh, mainly the uh, biggest one in japan at the moment on uh, their streaming platform and then from the numbers they make on the platform so for example i don't know if a series makes uh, uh, a certain number of views mm -hmm. uh, they then decide to you know make a blu-ray edition and things like that so it's the amount of things that are arriving here is very small because it's very selected and uh, in yeah. that way we receive less and less anime here, uh, also because the interest obviously gets smaller and smaller, and so, you know, they just disappear at some point. Mm -hmm. It sounds like there's like a big bottleneck there. Like, if yeah. it's determined yeah. by streaming numbers, that's gonna be, ugh. Yeah, exactly, especially because, you know, the majority of people already watch them in uh, oh. different ways <laughs> yes yeah. and especially way before they come here even on the streaming platform they really come later than the uh, japanese version or even the uh, version of i don't know france or england mm. and so on so you know 
it really becomes uh, a little bit useless at some point. Right, because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure plenty of people, if they didn't watch like fan subs, were like, "Well, I know English enough. I'm just gonna yeah, exactly." <laughs> Exactly. I mean, I don't know, for example, Psychopaths arrived something like months or even years later. So mm. what was the point? You know, uh, everyone had already seen it. So yeah, so it does yeah. have a good number. So it doesn't get a Yeah, it's a whole. What a, what a, what yeah, a exactly. Mess. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like in Latin America, like because like um my family's from Peru, like mm-hmm. ever since I was a kid, like I remember there being like a huge like anime culture there, like yeah. I'm talking about like restaurants being named after Goku or like whatever. <laughs> like I, I haven't seen that in person, but uh, I've seen it online where like mm-hmm. uh, there's a taco restaurant at Taqueria, and they're like it's named after Goku or whatever. I don't know, but um mm-hmm. it's it's very like ingrained, I yeah. think. I don't know. I, I, I don't yeah. live in Peru, but I used to visit a lot. And, like, um, I would, like, grow up watching, like, anime on TV in Peru and also in uh, Canada. So, okay. yeah. You know, even even as a child in the U.S., I am familiar with Telemundo Dragon Ball Z. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Like, if, if Cartoon Network, if Toonami's in the middle of the Frieza saga, and you're like, but I want to get further, let's see what Telemundo DBZ has. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so what a what a weird way to watch TV, but <laughs> can you imagine the world where you had to just like turn on the TV at a certain amount of time and hope it was an episode you wanted to watch? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's weird because like I don't think anybody really watches live TV. Like I watch it sometimes to see like I don't know the Grammys or something, yeah. but mm-hmm. um, it's a shame because I remember uh, when I was in Peru, like there would be like anime channels like that showed like music videos between commercial breaks and like maybe showing oh, uh, yeah here, alchemist. Here too. yeah mm-hmm. you have like yes. the whole channel dedicated to anime uh, yes and we also had mtv broadcasting or showing um anime and oh. it's mainly through through that one that uh the majority of uh, you know, things like uh, Cowboy Bebop or mm-hmm. um, anime from that period uh, arrived in here. So, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah, I feel like Cowboy Bebop and like those kind of like maybe 90s kind of stuff, like it's a pretty safe uh, choice to put on something like MTV. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. I really like Cowboy Bebop and, well, and stuff Kaka, like that. With the, with the hot takes. I like Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, yeah, I'm sorry. Don't cancel me, but I kind of like Cowboy Bebop, you know? I, listen, I actually watched most of it fairly recently, and I was like, oh, this Ooh. is better than I thought it was. Or, like, yeah, not that I thought it was cool. bad, but, like, as a 12-year-old, you know, you don't appreciate some things. Mm-hmm. Oh, I also watched it when I was like young. Young, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, I pu- I watched it pretty late. I mean, during you know high school or end of high school, and uh, <clears throat> I ag- I actually uh, got to know someone who really hates it. <laughs> so, what? You know? Yeah. <laughs> because uh, he had studied um, screenplay. Yeah, screenplay, mm-hmm. um, and 
he was, he always said that Cowboy Bebop had uh, too much time. It spent too much time on building the story during an episode. Oh my god! And then they always closed the story too fast. So uh, you got this long introduction, and the ending was too short to appreciate the uh, entirety of the episode. But yeah. That that's kind of, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like <laughs> that's a very specific way of kind of approaching yeah. the movie and screenwriting exactly. in general. Yeah. And like, sure, like there's very like plot driven like films and screenplays and stuff, but there's also different forms of like, you know, creating a story and creating a screenplay. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's very true. kind of frustrating to hear like people like, I don't know. It just, also, it's very those? personal because you know Cowboy Bebop has something like uh, an an autorial mindset. Mm -hmm. Is that a thing? I don't know if if it's a word in English, but uh, you know there is uh, Watanabe behind it, so it's very personal. It's not only the studio who is making it, but it's mainly. Uh, a person, a specific person. So, <clears throat> yeah, that's very uh, strange of a, a kind of strange uh, critic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I hear that. It's also very nice watch coming to it later in life where you can be like, you can rec as an adult, you can recognize like writers of episodes, so like episodes have writers, mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, what else do these writers do? And see, like, oh, these are the good episodes written by this writer because they write yeah. the <laughs> <laughs> or like trace people's paths through different series and see where they all go because mm -hmm. I think that kind of stuff doesn't get enough like aside from like the three people in anime that get it, it get widely acknowledged I think mm -hmm. authorship doesn't get quite acknowledged enough especially outside of like major directors mm. yeah that's true that's mm -hmm. why I like I blew off Yuri and Ice for so long and then, but, but if someone had told me at the start of it all that's mm. you know Sayo Yamamoto directed the show, I would have been on day one because I'm a big fan of like all of her stuff. Otherwise, I really enjoy Michiko and Hachin. And, mm. Oh yes, and the that woman called Michiko yes. Mine. I am a big fan of. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to talk about vibe anime. Mm -hmm. I haven't watched that one, but that was the series that I was thinking of as well, uh, Fujiko Mine, because so I started mm -hmm. watching Lupin the Third yeah. recently, I think this year, mm -hmm. and I can't remember exactly which part it was. Maybe part two. It was like the seventies one. Okay. What color like was, was his jacket? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to think <laughs> of. Uh, <laughs> was it red? I feel like it might have been red. <laughs> Maybe I think. Red I, I don't know. I get too much confused with the jackets. So I, think I, don't, the jacket, I don't know. <laughs> I think red jackets early, blue jackets mid period, green jacket is Caliostro. Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. I think it was probably red jacket. I, I'm pretty sure it was part two. Let me check. Okay. But it's. Hmm. I was surprised by how much I like it. Like other than like. You know, Lupin the Third has some pretty gross stuff, yeah. like, thrown in early on. But, um, yeah, I think it was definitely part two. Mm. Um, but it's, I don't know, like, 
the first thing I saw of Lupin was uh, Cagliostro. Yeah. And I just love the way mm-hmm. that everyone was so bouncy and shit, which gets even better when you watch the series. But, you know, I like Lupin. It's very gay, which I appreciate. Yeah, like, <laughs> definitely. Exactly. Like, it's crazy. That's like me with JoJo when people say, oh, I like JoJo. And then they turn out to not see how gay it is. I'm like, okay, why are you watching JoJo then? There's nothing. How can you? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. How is it possible? They must not have watched part four at at the very least. Probably, yes. Exactly. (laughs) Truly, truly, truly. Listen, I'm, I, 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 I admire shippers. I'm not, I don't partake in the practice myself. I've, I'm a man of the text, as it were, but I, I, I wholly respect any, any, any interaction with my boy Okuyasu. Real. I love Okuyasu. Real top and Josuke. The real, t- real oh, yes. top shelf yes. successors to <laughs> Yusuke and Kuwabara. You know what? You're right. You're not wrong at all. I feel like they're the spiritual successors. <laughs> I love you, Hakusho. Just a big dope in his pal. He's also <laughs> big dope. I I also really love part four the most. I think it's like my favorite part. I think it's mm. the, the most cohesive part. I think has like, I think Yoshikage well, Kira is the best like villain. Yeah, it's a great villain, yes. Uh, actually, I enjoyed a lot part six. And mm. I know it sounds a little bit strange because, you know, no one likes it that much, but especially for the ending, but, you know, yeah. Yeah, I've heard more people say, like, they're they're coming out and saying, like, I like Stone Ocean, and I respect that. Like, <laughs> I hear the characters are really good. Mm-hmm, yeah. I like Jolene. Jolene. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jolene's great. I love her. <laughs> But um, I think my favorite is part five because the only ones, the, mm. the only parts that I've seen to like beginning to end were parts one and two. And then I saw a bit mm-hmm. of part three, like about halfway. And then I saw a bit of part four and then I skipped to part five and I haven't finished part five, but it's my favorite one. <laughs> I'm a notorious part skipper. And like, I don't care. Like when people are just like, you can't skip Jojo parts. I'm like, who cares? Who cares? Yeah, you, Life I mean- is short. You you can, yeah, exactly. you can. Jo- Jotaro is a cool guy. That's all you need to really. Jotaro is cool. Vampires. Dio is bad. Congratulations. Yeah. You know Jojo. You know Jojo lore. <laughs> They're named after bears. Part five. Is- yeah, exactly. Uh, part five. And after all, all the all the parts of Jojo are considered something like a a different manga. So, I think it's okay to you know just choose which one you prefer and read that one and then maybe later uh get back to the the other ones so yeah yeah a lot of different genres i feel like yeah and in, mm-hmm. the, wor- in the world of of shonen anime or shonen manga where i often say it is um basically a collection of character art or costume design that i like to flip through every mm-hmm. now and then even I think I think Jojo is in general a little better than that. I think it's also fairly readable on its own. <laughs> but as as a character art book, it's among the best. It's truly the best. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Truly just like outlandish designs nonstop. That is true. 
It's like I'm a... someone who really loves high fashion. <laughs> yeah, like Araki had the collaboration with Gucci and everything. Like, there's no denying that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, dude, he's like, I love people who look cool, but high fashion the way that's like, that's the beauty of high fashion is that thing that it's that stuff that nobody ever wears, really. Mm -hmm. But then Iraqi's world is like, what if people actually wore those clothes all the time? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, anime and JoJo's. We're all talking. We're all we're talking JoJo here on Indie Apocalypse Radio. You know him. You love him. He, he was originally a real fist of the North Star. Also ran, kind of became its own thing. It kept getting slenderer and more effeminate as mm. it went on. More increase, yep. ever increasing androgyny. People are like those guys used to be fists of the North Stars. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, like just compare what's his name, Jonathan, to yeah. like someone like what's his name, Gappy, or like I don't know the one from Part Eight. Anyways, uh, just anyways, anyways. Oh Josuke. yeah, there's another Josuke in yeah, Part it's, Eight. It's all timelines. It's ending apparently. Uh, Jojo. Part eight, uh, part oh. eight, yes. I think I think the last chapter will come out in September. I heard. Oh, I I'm thought you sure. meant JoJo the series. <laughs> no, no. I think I think he will go on for a while. Um, but I've, as I've mentioned, I've I've really been like I've fallen off of my current series because the only hmm. um, internet manga reading site that that. I can't, I can tolerate to look at like from a visual design standpoint and like not bad ads the whole time all mm -hmm. over the place is Dynasty, which is a very specific website, you know, mm. that does not have any JoJo on it. Oh, okay. Dynasty Scan is more like if you want to learn about the girls in love, <laughs> congratulations, we have 30 tags for you to, to know which very specific kind you would like. Is it free? Um, in the way that any online scanlation site is free. Oh, okay, okay. I thought maybe it was licensed or something. No, and, and most of the stuff I I enjoy there is unlicensed anyway, mm. and they do a lot mm. of like doujin translating. Oh, okay. I'm gonna so check you, that out. If then. you're really into pairing up your love live characters, they've got you covered. <laughs> but that's also where I, I came across Ikoko um, Niki. Anyway, it's good. I, mm -hmm. I want that to be brought over to the West. It feels like mature, like actually mature. There was a, on Twitter, what's his face? NACO, Beanie Tuesday was like famous Twitter meme guy. I don't know how you call people who are famous because they drew a, or, you know, you know, you know, people get Twitter famous occasionally because they draw things that get mimetic. Mm -hmm. You know, author of the rap store. Um, anyway, asked for like mature comic recommendations, and then got very disappointed. Okay. Because I'm like, yeah, I, I kind of maturity is hard to describe. Mm. It's more like I don't know. You think about it's like art. You kind of know it when you see it, or what it means to different people. Mm -hmm. And to me. Nikki is journal with which? Yes, yes, same thing. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. I, I was searching it up. I was trying to find it. 
Yeah. I'm big. When, listen, when I when I see that non Moe art tag, I'm like, hmm. <laughs> Call me interested. But uh, it's adult life. Whew. It's me. I'm Vince, that's me at stage two, Vince McMahon. And then you throw in like introspection and drama, and I've my whole chair is flipped over. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm instantly reading it. Uh, but it's very, I think it's. Uh, so on, that's another meme I've got in my Twitter drafts. So when I go through the effort of making it, because I also really like enjoyed Mesa and Koku, but this is my new favorite of Koku. <laughs> yeah, I've heard a lot about that one. I think we talked about it last time I was on the show, too. We did, because I think mm. Joe Witt is also a fan of Mesa and Koku. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think. And how it's like, wow, I didn't know Rumiko Takahashi could make good manga. <laughs> Which feels, that's an unnecessary burn, but yeah. it's like so much better, I think, than the rest of her stuff. It's weird. Mm. I don't know. Maybe Inuyasha is very good. I don't know. Mm, I've never finished it, actually. Sorry. I should read it one day. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember I got to like six issues of Ron I'm like there's th- like 50 more issues no yeah <laughs> exactly I have like the first four issues got and it. I was like you got I closed the fourth one and I was like you know what I'm good for now <laughs> I, I don't think anything else is going to change I think it's going to be it's going to spin its wheels it's a great time but there's I don't know I get impatient really fast yeah, yeah. And- how long do you need to have that time, you know? Exactly. Um, to, to bring it all back to the original question, which is why I have these little guys on here on the stream right now. <laughs> the sassy little child from From Hell is that I just finished reading. or I have I only have the epilogue left from From Hell. The old Alan Moore, Eddie Campbell book. And I'm a big mm-hmm. known fan, no, known listener. Regular listeners of Indiepocalypse Radio know I'm a huge fan of Eddie Campbell's art. He is like one of the <laughs> one of those like I think early those masters of the black and white, like Euro comics. Not Euro comic, he's like English, but mm-hmm. it's very weird. It's like what if Jack the Ripper was the most occult shit, <laughs> the most occult solution to it? Wow, it's interesting. Alan Moore, you can take and leave, you know? I I don't, I'm not here saying that you have to like the guy, but I enjoyed From Hell. Mm. That was what I most, I don't know what's next on my list. I think it's, you know, I think it's that, um, I think it's Monster, that, um, not the, Ooh. not the Urasawa thing. I've read that. Uh. <laughs> okay. It's the, the Barry Wyndon Smith book that just came out. Hmm. Who's the author, sorry? Barry Wyndon Smith, I believe. Oh, that's not a manga. Right? No, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Barry Wyndon Smith. No, Lyndon oh. Smith. Lyndon nope, Smith. Nope, okay. now I'm wrong. Oh, it's Barry something Smith, and it's going to bug me. Uh, Windsor. Windsor Smith. Smith. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Monster yeah. Barry Wyndon. Like, oh, there it is. Oh, Windsor Yeah, it Smith. Windsor. I think he did a lot of, like, like x-men stuff for a while Ooh. like he cut his teeth on that kind of like early mm-hmm. that i'm really fascinated by and maybe i'll get into it eventually that like that claremont era of x-men 
where it's like one guy basically writing all of X-Men for like a decade, which kind of seems mm -hmm. very bizarre in Western comics for something to happen like that. Yeah. And also, Especially, like, yep. oh, sorry. That's just one of my gripes with, uh, like, I do read Marvel comics occasionally. Yeah. And that's my biggest gripe, like, because you have, like, let's say a great arc with one author and one writer. Oh, sorry, what am I talking about? One, <laughs> one writer and one artist. And, um, but then, like, you hop to the next series and it's, like, a totally different thing. You hate the writers. Yeah. Uh, the characters are completely different. They Exactly. Mm -hmm. No character development. Yeah, that's it's it's the real difficulty of like especially Western superhero comics is like you just have to like pick authors you like. Yeah. And then grow zero attachment to the characters because you know after <laughs> that book is done, they might as well be dead. Oh yeah. lord. <laughs> have you ever read the Captain America run by Ed Brubaker? I have not, no. Nope. Oh, okay, because I'm still looking for someone to talk about that with. <laughs> because the first 14 issues, I think, are like, it doesn't even feel like Marvel. <laughs> but mm. um, I, I'm still like pretty new. Well, not new, but like I'm still pretty uh, not reading that much Marvel comics. So like, but I really, really like that run, like a uh, lot. I do read a lot of the. I, I have read like a lot of the recently the Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips, all their different like crime stuff they do together. Mm -hmm. like, like I haven't crime. checked it out, but they do a lot of different crime stuff. Fatal is very good. It's like crime, but also magic. Ooh. <laughs> and like weird eldritch stuff. Okay. I can always appreciate that. Um, oh, weird orange stuff. But they're generally pretty good, I think. So uh, that is probably good. I just have not. I'm, I'm, that's why I'm always really hesitant to get into Western stuff because it's always like, well, what if I like it? Now I have to like, well, this <laughs> sucks. <laughs> or like, which is no. sorry, sorry, which is like your favorite book, like so far, out of like the big two. Out of the big two, my favorite. Because um... I'm always looking for Rex. I really, I really like Ecstatics, which you can get as like a, and that is very much like a um, one issue, like an issue ends and then a book completely changes. But I think for the better, mm -hmm. where like X Force ended a run of authors and then it was like, oh God, how do I forget the guy's name? It's the well, it's the the Allreds, you know, Michael and Laura Allred. Plus, um, I forget the writer's name. Is that the guy who also did? I'm asking. I'm asking nobody. Is that the guy who also <laughs> did? Um, about uh, Shade the Changing Man. I say to the Void. Oh, Peter Milligan. So it might have been. Mm. But it's like if you're. I, I don't know if you're familiar with the work of the Allreds, but they do, they work in a very pop art style. Hmm. Yeah, no, I haven't read anything from them yet. So it kind of looks like nothing else in terms of like Marvel comics. And it's like, remember like superhero comics that are instantly recognizable? Yeah. I think and it's from 2002, right? Exotics? Yes. yes. Okay, damn. Mm -hmm. I think, and I think Laura already often gets the short shrift. It's not often on a thing, but like, 
she does the coloring and the color is such an important part of it. I think it's on, it's one of those like unfair things in comics, I think where like colorists get kind of pushed to the side. Definitely. Yeah. Where so much of like the pop art look is the color. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I also enjoyed that Legion book. Whatever. I forget what it was called. Like Legion legacy or something. Legion, like a size spurrier. Let me open up my Labib and see what I've got. <laughs> oh, okay. I just saw something about dissociative identity disorder. I'm like, oh, well, hello. Uh, are you familiar with Legion as a character? No, I'm not. So Legion's whole thing is he has like a bunch of different personalities within him, and they all have different oh, powers. Okay. Hmm. There was a really cool. I've I've only seen one season of it, but the one season I saw of it was a very cool FX show of called Legion. Oh yeah, I see that here, Dan Stevens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, like, what a tour de. F- I would watch it if only for like the absolutely tour de force performance by Aubrey Plaza in that show. She's like, wow. Here is like. I here is and I say this with the biggest compliment. Here is our next generation's Nicolas Cage. <laughs> like and I mean that with the most sincere like compliment of someone who just like walks in mm-hmm. and like really acts it's definitely as opposed to like her very muted style which she's often written into I think mm. but, um, what I don't know what else I've read I've trying to I think those are I don't read a lot of like DC stuff very often mm. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I think it's like I've read some the the good Batman stuff. I like Doom Patrol, both the original Arnold Drake one and the Grant Morrison one. I think. Yeah, I heard a lot about Doom Patrol from one of my professors. It's, mm-hmm. it's very when, cool. I think. It's yeah, when cool. the series was coming out, like yeah. um, I haven't seen it yet because Canada, but um. <laughs> But like he was talking, he was like giving it high praise. Yeah, and I was it's, like, oh. it's really weird. Like even the original Doom Patrol is like it's it's got a lot of weird stuff in it, and like has like some progressive stuff for like it feels like wildly progressive for like fifties comics. Oh, sure. Superhero. I mean, it's not even it's not even that progressive, you know. But like for the fifties comics, it feels really weird. Yeah, the only thing I've seen from uh, Doom Patrol so far is like that meme where it's like that guy with that mask and he's like, there are feet. Like, you know that image? (laughs) Yeah. The Grant Morrison Doom Patrol is, that's what the show pulls a lot from. Yeah. Because it's like the the most iconic era, I think. Because it kind of took those earlier ideas and kind of went ran wild with them. Or was like, because Grant Morrison's a weird guy. He likes to make metatextual stories about things. Mm. I don't know. I don't, I'm not. I don't know how much of Grant Morrison's work you're familiar with. Not at all. <laughs> yeah, he's, a, he's like he's one of those those old Brit guys that everyone likes, like Alan Moore. Oh, okay. Okay. That was like, what if we made comics for? What if we made superhero comics for adults? But like actually for adults and not like the way where it's just like a lot of bad stuff happens to people. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
it's cool. There's, um, I, I'm trying to gamble a stamp. Being clever is all well and good. Like there's, there's another, I just type being clever in the internet. Like that would help me at all. <laughs> like one of the characters is, uh, you know, Charles Atlas. No. Charles. Nope. Right, let's see. So he's an old strongman where he was like, have you ever seen the, this got memed a little back in the day where it's like a guy's on the beach and he's kicking sand and he's like, ah, I'm get out of here. Weak nerds. And then he's like, I'll gamble. <laughs> I don't stamp. think so. <laughs> I'll gamble a stamp. Atlas, this is Charles Atlas is Charles Atlas. He's a real treat. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know this man, but his image showed up on Google. So yeah. I have a visual at least. Yeah, let me let me pull up this here at the beach real quick. He's, he's very his face looks very trustworthy. He made a man out of Mac. Oh what? He made a man out of Mac. Like Mac and cheese? No, like Mac the let me oh he's, he's so little. <laughs> Why is he so little? Oh, okay, it blows up pretty well. I think that's because <laughs> the other image was tiny. The insult that made a man out of Mac. Um, but yeah, so Charles Atlas was, it was this like back of comic ad about like, hey, send me a stamp and I'll give you advice to make you a really tough man. And Flex Mentala uh -oh. was basically just Charles Atlas, but a comic book character. Hmm. Uh, it's a weird thing. He has an aura of Hero of the Beach. It's very cool. Anyway, I think Doom Patrol is good as well. I guess it's all circle around and say I like Doom Patrol. <laughs> I actually, I like a lot of Vertigo stuff. But Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And But then even, even a lot of Vertigo stuff is like not like DC related Vertigo stuff. It's kind of like whatever other stuff they put out that just had the imprint on it. You know, Why the Last Man or whatever. Like Fables, you mean? Yes. Or like, okay, I'm or like I think the only I think the best consistently good Western comic is Hellblazer. Okay, mm -hmm. I think it's the only one that kind of like tra changes authors and is still like not bad, but I think it, I think about this line. I was thinking about Doom Patrol because thinking about Flex Mentala who also gets his own book, and I think about the line. Being clever is a fine thing, but sometimes a boy just needs to get out of the house and meet some girls. And I think that about people online all the time. And maybe That's good. I think everyone, everyone online, everyone online, just not even, not even you sheltered boys. Everyone online just needs to get out and meet some girls every now and then and just get off Twitter. For yeah. In their life. Like go to the supermarket. Yeah. Talk to the cashier. Make eye, eye contact. You know, when when people say touch grass, what like I not even the grass. Yeah. The grass doesn't speak. You need to talk to some people. Exactly. Whatever people say, touch grass. This is what I think. It's the same thing when I would when I would tell someone touch grass. Is this is what I instead think in my brain? <laughs> Being clever is a fine thing, but sometimes a boy needs to get out of the house and meet some girls. Oh my god, I love that. <laughs> What's that supposed to? It's it's, it's so weird comic it's good it's like what's that supposed to signify nothing anyway anyway comic books they're good sometimes folks i love them 
Maybe there's something wrong with my brain, where it's why I can't connect, or is why I connect with comic books over other forms of like written literature. Perhaps who knows? I'm not gonna tell. I'm not paying a doctor to tell me. Because <laughs> that shit is expensive too. Exactly. I'd rather there just yeah. be some something I'm aware of, maybe, or maybe it's maybe it's the culture. Maybe there's like this cultural pressure of high art versus low art, and there's actually nothing wrong, and I'm putting this all on myself. Who knows? Hmm. Um, anyway, this show we gotta wrap it up. We're talking too long. Not not the not the you know we're talking too long. We need to end the conversation. Talking too long that I've I've been meaning to keep this show shorter, and you you baited me all into talking about comics, and that was my <laughs> my weakness. It's cool. It's cool. I appreciate the recommendations. Now I have to check out uh, Ecstatics. Yeah, it's it's by the all reds that's 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 what i learned from this conversation yeah, the all reds are cool. <laughs> they have like very cool art they just they just re-released madman which was like their solo book i think his brother mm-hmm. also worked on it i think i think the brother's name is brian oh. uh, michael and laura oh. a married couple who worked together because you have to because if you just drew the art and no one colored it where would you be if you just colored it didn't draw the art where would you be <laughs> It's a symbiotic relationship. Um, but that's it. I think that's... Um, I'd recommend good comics. Everyone go out there and read good comics. That's my recommendation. Um, there's a lot of good indie books. <laughs> indie books are good. Get into Get into indie stuff. Go to your local comics festival buy indie apocalypse play hit me yes exactly <laughs> buy indie apocalypse play hit me Visual and also are kind occasionally of touch grass but more yes. often talk to girls you know yes yes but, but not too really much. occasionally <laughs> <laughs> but it, yeah, I, just... I must i must stress this do not talk to them too much and only if they want <laughs> oh to that is true yeah yeah <laughs> damn it's like we have to come up with a whole guide well you know people on the online yeah. They don't know how to talk to girls. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 um, anyhow, I'm just looking at my my sum. Tw- Does the beep say how many are in here? Let me look at libraries. How many do I have? How many do I have? Can I check? I think I have to look at my phone to see my number. As we close out and get ready for plugs, we'll do, we're probably going to play one more game. I'm, I'm trying to get ready to play games for Indiepocalypse, you know, for the, for the pledge drive. I have some in mind. Um, but here on this episode of Indiepocalypse Radio, we're going to play a fun game called Guess the Size of Andrew's Comics Collection, excluding zines, which are a separate category. Zines are things that are too small to put on a shelf and have their spine show, so I put them in a, a filing crate. All right. Well, you can put zines on a shelf. I, uh, I, I I've like done it. it. I've done it. It's yeah. possible. But okay. But I like I'm ready. The, I like them in the crate. Is there I, a winner to this game? Sorry. The winner. the winner is the person who gets close enough without going over. Price okay. is right rules. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. Do they have the prices right in Italy or in Canada? Of course we have it in Canada. Well, okay. we don't we don't make it in Canada, right. but we watch it in the laundromat, you know. Yes. Uh, can you repeat the question? Sorry, I, I haven't heard it. Oh, sorry. I, I have to control myself sometimes because I realize 
No, don't worry. I am um, I'm a northerner, and even in the U.S., we talk very quickly. And I think <laughs> I talk quickly for someone in the north as it is. Um, but no, the game is I am looking at my I've loaded up my Labib app on my phone. Labib being a handy free. I'm not going to plug them. Fuck. You know what I'm saying, folks? It's a cool. <laughs> Sometimes you're an obsessive. You need to catalog all of your stuff. Yeah. By scanning barcodes. And it allows me to do that. Okay. I'm looking at my I will say I'll give you a hint. My zine count is at 105. Whether that's a useful hint or not, that is what that number is. And the question is, how big is my comic collection? This is counting graphic novels, trades, basically things that have spines. Okay, so oh. no, no, like, single-issue comics. No, I, I don't actually buy single-issue comics at all. Oh, okay. Uh, I buy them sometimes. <laughs> I well, have, I used to. I only have, like, online, but usually I oh, just... Yeah. Uh, that, would, that would then just necessitate me going to a comic book shop. And, you don't like going to comic book shops? I'm afraid. What if they're nerds there? <laughs> <laughs> and they want to talk to me about Spider-Man. Uh, I've know. never talked to anyone in a comic book shop. Just the cashier. Yeah, That's, the same for me, yes. That, that would right? Be. At least like a mainstream one. Yeah. What if I'm getting stuff that's like... I I never know. I never know like what I'm getting. I also sometimes so I think the only book that the last book I was subscribed to was Monstrous. Oh, <laughs> I heard about that one. My dream. I love Monstrous. It's beautiful. And well written. It's good it's good dark fantasy that I like. Mm hmm um, Okay, so oh sorry. Uh hundred and five zines you said. Hundred and five zines. How mm -hmm. many hundred and five zines? How many standalone books do you think I have? Oh my god! Wait, so no trade paperbacks no, or this like? This includes trade paperbacks. This includes like each volume of a series. Okay. Mm. So say for instance, feel... Hunter Hunter is probably like thirty volumes or something. <laughs> well, do you have all thirty? I have all. I have every release issue of Hunter Hunter. That's that's the only other clue Ooh. you get. <laughs> my two okay. Clues. Okay, I know it's gonna be a big number. That's. As far as I know. Right. Well, that's metatextual clues. <laughs> and, you said, <laughs> and you said 30. If you have all issues of Hunter Hunter. Yeah. That means that you have all the issues of like a lot of lot more other manga series. Yeah. At I least mean, a couple. I usually complete stuff. Okay. I have like, I've only gotten a, I've only gotten a couple fillers that I was like, I don't mm -hmm. need to buy more of these. And they were very much like cart fillers. 30 okay so and actually you I don't usually complete stuff damn i'm scared like <laughs> I'm, scared um, of, I'm scared too when i looked at that number <laughs> <laughs> let me think i think it's gonna be somewhere in the thousands yeah maybe even more <laughs> <laughs> more millions. than <laughs> more than nine thousand. I'm gonna say like no, definitely it has to be over the thousand. At least over a thousand. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with one thousand seven hundred and ninety nine. Okay. 
That's my number. What is your guess? Uh, Remember, highest without going over. I might change it depending on on your answer. You your answer's locked in. <laughs> what? No, I didn't know that rule. It is. That's the rule. That's for you. They're not like, hey, Drew, can I change my number? Someone else. Can, can <laughs> so I think. Mm, 1,500. Or so. I, I have to. I'm going to say you're both pretty close to each other. So that means that the okay. winner is. Bianca, yeah, who's the I closest love with a total of two thousand one hundred and seventy-five total books. That's a lot. God damn books! I like comic books, y'all. I believe it. I, and that is like more pre-ordered, like. Oh. And I think only and that I, that number is not even like inflated by manga naturally having more volumes. Because mm -hmm. like a lot of that is also Western comics and like European and everything else, mm -hmm. that manga. Um, That's a lot of books. It is. Yep. Where do you Fol keep them? Folks, don't. The, my answer is you don't live in a city. <laughs> and when you don't live in a city, you can live in a house, and houses yeah. have multiple yeah. rooms in them. <laughs> <laughs> do you have like a whole library? Like in your house? Kind of, but it is very, it is rather cramped still. Oh. <laughs> I do not have a spacious mm. Beauty and the Beast style library that I have a sliding ladder for. Imagine <laughs> if you did though. Oh, I would. And then you just pull out like a copy of like Ranma or something. To disrespect my guess. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like Beauty yeah. and the Beast style. Like you're just like, here's I'm... my collection of Ranma. Yeah. One half. Here, check this out. Here, check out this copy of. I'm just like going through all these things. Like, what do I have in here? I have some loving rockets. I have some Nancy's. Because also, like, I have like everything. And it's like, I sometimes fall down holes of watching like comic collection videos. And I'll mm -hmm. watch someone who's like, check out my 2000 plus manga collection. I'm like, I also have a 2000 plus comic collection. <laughs> I'm like, wow, how do we literally have two series in common and nothing else? Yeah. Why does someone need to own so many copies of Black Butler? Seems, oh, Jesus. It's <laughs> unnecessary to me, honestly. But anyhow, I apparently own a bunch of rare comics now, too, that have gone up in value, which I didn't know about. There was a thread oh. going around about comics of like what are your white whales and people are like i really wish i could get two two terra i'm like i have two terra oh i have two terra too <laughs> yeah it's apparently like, like only one issue it's apparently like 90 to 100 dollars now i got it for like 10 dollars from a man in a shopping mall yeah like <laughs> i went on facebook marketplace and i was just like anyone have two terra and this guy was just like yeah let me hit you up and we went to the freaking mall and he gave it to me and me, now I have to tear, which I never finished. <laughs> let me, let me oh, tell no. you about my copy of The Passion of Gingor Tagame, which last sold at eBay for like $500. Damn. And I, and I bought for like 20 It sold for 100 No, like 1000 Are you going to sell it anytime soon? You know, Fantagraphics is re-releasing it as two soft covers. Oh. Uh, so I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep that thing. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna say yeah. I'll sell it. I can get it again. No. But I, no, I respect that. I respect that. 
uh, as an early adopter. And listen, that's folks. I'm going to tell you right now. This is the indie apocalypse warning. I think I mention this every time I mention that. Do not look up the passion of Gengar Tagame. Do not look it up, or look it up with safe surf a thousand percent on. Actually, now that you mention it. I recognize that name. <laughs> you guys, what do you guys know about Bara? I I heard I've heard about it. I've seen shirts at TCAF. Yeah, that is. Yeah, that's yes, probably yes, that's, the same. I think I think Igor Tagame had come to TCAF probably because that guy, Ooh. one of the TCAF heads, invited him. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, yeah. At one point, it sold for a thousand dollars on eBay back in May. So, it's definitely mm. gone downhill. Probably because of the Fantagraphics re-release, but anyway, <laughs> expensive, folks. It's a good. I don't. It's never let anyone tell you Andrew's a prude. <laughs> what I can say is you can you can respect people that also like horny stuff at the same time. Everyone, there's a, there's something to be found in that in that that connection and that recognition of. Corniness? Yeah, yeah. There's two wolves inside of me. One of them likes smut. The other one respects people's identities. <laughs> and boundaries. All right. Anyhow, I have that picture. I have that copy of Pictures for Satchel with a dead wasp in it. I wonder if that's worth any money. Anyhow, we're going to shut this down before I start flipping through all my comics. Because I realized that it was sorting by the year that I added them. Which means this list is a lot bigger than I thought it was. Um, anyway, plugs. What have we got to plug? Bianca, what have we got? To, I'm going to plug for Fisher. Fisher Brookout. Um, paparazzi is coming out soon. Buy Paparazzi. There you go. I think that covered it enough. Oh, plugs for me. Yeah, Bianca, um, what have you got to plug? Hmm. Nothing really. Uh, just follow me on Twitter, please. And also, I have an Etsy store where I sell merch. You hey. can check that out if you're inclined to buy fan art. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> so, oh, wait, shit, I didn't give my Twitter handle. Uh, I'm yeah. at CryoCanon on Twitter and Etsy and Instagram and Tumblr. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. And Kaku, what have you got to plug? Uh, yeah, well, I think the same. I mean, um... The team's profile is uh, on Twitter, T Solitude, so you can, you know, follow that. And uh, so, yeah. <laughs> perfect, perfect. I will say, hey, everyone, you should buy In the Apocalypse. I think it's good. Buy issue eight. Yeah, I've heard nope. it too, yes. <laughs> buy issue 10, sorry, buy issue 10. Or issue four, both good issues. I recommend. <laughs> In, in this particular instance. Um, Buy all of them. Just just yeah. get all of them. Yeah, They're very good. All of them, yeah. They're, yeah. It's all it's all money to me, which goes to... If you didn't guess by this the, the game we played earlier, the majority of my money goes back into art. <laughs> um, I also am a super backer because I've backed probably like hundreds of comics as well online. Wow. On Kickstarter. Yeah, buy Indie Apocalypse, the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, submit your games to IndiePocalypse.com slash submit. 
worship me at the cult of personality so that I <laughs> so that I may start my own comic podcast because that's what you need to do first. You need to become a personality, then people will let you start a podcast about whatever you want. And then I can talk about like Megan Mog and then we can also talk about Yotsuba back to back. Um, I think it's good. I think Yotsuba has so many delays because he's waiting for it to be acceptable to have a same-sex couple in all ages manga. That's Andrew's hot theory. <laughs> I think um, they have Butch over there too. I've spent a lot of time reading all about like trying to grasp like I get obsessed with like different things and like anyway can like can I basically is my read of this culture right or like I get annoyed when I don't under when I'm trying to read like a piece of media but I feel like I'm missing mm. an important piece of knowledge and anyway is this subtext is this not that sort of thing join me on my Andrew's quest for true queer manga one day it'll I'll find it and I'll be like yes perfect the gay Naruto of my dreams <laughs> if you ever find it let me know you, you know my you know where to reach me I will it's it, it, I'm get. I feel like I'm getting closer I'm getting closer <laughs> each day to like just characters being queer but it not being I have so my I have, I have some guidelines they can't be in high school it can't be only about that and it can't be like you know fucking no like only men or only women like your weird fantasy oh, yeah. world and oh yeah yeah mm -hmm. like the trashier ones have you ever read uh, Our Dreams at Dusk? I, I love Our Dreams at Dusk so good big but it's also a little too explainery to me for me sometimes. You mean about the gay stuff or yeah. like about the story? Yeah. I haven't read it in a while, but I feel like I kind of remember that. I'm like, yeah, my... it kind of, it's the same problem with it. But I think that's just like a different differences in culture, you know? Yeah, maybe. I'm not like sure. I'm not... It's like newer concepts for mainstream audiences in Japan that they needed explained or something. I don't know. My, my understanding yeah. is it's they have a real NIMBY vibe over there about the whole thing. But um, mm. NIMBY being not in my backyard. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. I'm I'm not too, like... Neither am I. Especially. Knowledgeable about Japanese culture, especially, like, relationships with queer stuff. But, I, yeah. I mean, not especially. Sometimes, listen, I have, Bianca, I have sometimes very late-night YouTube rabbit holes or something because I'm reading something. I'm like... This is supposed to be like this is the read I'm supposed to get out of these characters, right? 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 I say to no one else in the room. <laughs> in your library, yeah. clutching your manga tomes. I'm like, right? That's the point, right? The point, like, the reason why they're like, hey, I'm gonna keep asking this girl on a date, and then every time we go to ask her on a date, she's like, no, I'm actually doing. It turns out she's doing that exact same thing with her short-haired, smoking female friend. <laughs> it's definitely nothing there. Whatever. Whatever. It's all good. Death of the author after all. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I think to some extent whatever. I listen join me for my Yotsuba 
retrospective or whatever, my, my, my TED talk on Yotsuba and why those two women are dating later. Um, as, and people go, wow, I can't believe Andrew contradicted the fact that it says he doesn't ship. And I'll say, this isn't shipping, it's literary analysis. <laughs> I'm reading the text. You know what, Andrew, just open your heart to shipping. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. You don't have to be afraid. Yeah, it, we, we, accept, we accept it here. This is a safe space. I'm, I don't you know. <laughs> maybe I'm just very picky about it, you know? I'm like, it maybe. takes a lot to draw it out of me. I will look at like your, your Naruto's and I'll be like, how heterosexual could he be? And the answer is extremely, but. What you're saying is like, you need evidence. Right, kinda. exactly. That's why. Canonical I, evidence? That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or metatextual yeah. evidence about like, anyhow. Well, I, I don't know about you, but I, yeah. I just dunk all that shit in the garbage. I don't I don't need evidence. I don't yeah. need the text. Right. I just do what I want. You just need those nice nice folks looking at each other politely. <laughs> and, uh, well, yeah, they don't even have to meet. Anyways, I'm exposing myself. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> for, the, for the final time on this show. <laughs> This should be a recurring segment. Bianca reveals something uh, deeply embarrassing about herself. Bianca, I have Anyways. an idea. For, are you busy September 3rd? I have an idea for an Indiepocalypse Pledge Drive segment. Oh, no. Oh, no. I said that as a joke, but yeah, I am. Bianca's I embarrassment corner. Stop. <laughs> Listen, I have enough of that in real life. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't wait till I can see people in real life having done it fairly recently. It's there's a different experience mm. when you can see a person, you know, in like their actual real world. I think cameras are different. I don't think it's the same. It's why I don't like to do it. Um, anyhow, shut her down, folks. We're gonna close out this show with um, Hop Along and Young. And I forgot how to. We how did I help me? I forgot the name of that song. Well, I don't know. I just know Corpika's in this one. It is. Uh, it's not young and dumb, is it? Hop along, super fans in the chat. What's the name of that hop along? <laughs> it's from Disowned, their first studio album. It's like the penultimate track. Young and Happy. Young and Happy. We're going to close out with Young and Happy by Hopalong. Or part of Young and Happy. Not the whole thing. Anyway, goodbye, everyone. Thank you both for being here. Um, Thank you for having us. Thank you. I'm going to hit stop recording and transition <laughs> over. <laughs>